Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to all the listeners of the Good Anime Palette Podcast. We are on episode 78. Am I correct, Jason? Yes, you Hell are. yeah, I'm finally correct. I always fuck that up. But um, yeah, no, we are going to be going over uh, some real uh, crazy, controversial, despicable shit today. Um, so um, before we even go into introductions and all that, uh, I do want to lay out a trigger warning or just a warning in general to the listeners because we are going to be going over uh, some really uncomfortable discussion topics today. So if there is anything uh, that you find uncomfortable, that you do not sit well with, or are just offended by, uh, we suggest not listening to this episode and maybe checking out some of our more rosy and comfy episodes. Yeah, nothing against that, right? Uh, We will also give you uh, appropriate warnings at appropriate times such that if you want to listen to part of it some of it none of it uh, we will provide everything for you um, so but before we get into that I think one of the things that Will and I wanted to do starting from this podcast season forward was to try to change things up a bit right we shorten episode lengths and whatnot we have trying to condense stuff for like seasonal reviews But one of the things that we also wanted to try out was have a more experimental episode, probably every podcast season, like a slot for it. And then if it works well, whether in in terms of uh, critical or public reception or how we feel about it, we would integrate it into our podcast season. And this one uh, is all Will's idea. All the credit goes off to him. But uh, at least can I say the name? It is the anime iceberg, so that's what we're calling it. And um, yeah. if you can hear iceberg and you hear controversial, you can probably figure it out if you are acquainted with forums. But that's essentially what we're doing this episode. Yep. So um, the anime iceberg, or just icebergs in general, are definitely not a new thing. Uh, they've been around for close to a decade now. Um, so for those who don't really know what an iceberg is or what the purpose of this kind of tier list is, uh, it also it, it essentially started off as a kind of like a, a parody series that uh, you know showed up on image boards or discussion boards within like forums like 4chan or Reddit or any other kind of discussion boards. Um, so. What they do essentially is they kind of convey uh, levels of depth of knowledge of certain subjects, uh, whether it is you know things that are like very much well known to the public down to the obscure, or maybe things that go from like real like top level IQ shit to stuff that is just plain old like what the fuck's going on. Um, yeah, I, I think like the reason why like iceberg videos or just iceberg lists in general have been popular, whether they are on like Reddit or YouTube or any other medium, is because a lot of times it represents knowledge of a certain subject that people have an affinity to, um, but not necessarily like the full scope of knowledge. So there are definitely going to be things that will, on the surface, at the very very tip of the iceberg, people are generally like knowledgeable of. Uh, or they're at least okay with. And then when you start going further and further down into like the darkness and the abyss of the iceberg, that's when you start going into some of the more fucked up things, the things that like people just generally do not know, some controversial stuff, and occasionally some really illegal shit. Um, so that's why it's come like something that's really, really popular. Um, and at the same time, it's like, when we talk more about like the the more conspiracy controversy kind of side of things, people like conspiracy theories. People like to meme, joke, or even like 
like embellish like weird rumors and and shit that just does not like reach like regular news like in the public sphere right and i think one of the things that we will probably want to emphasize is that the stuff that we are going to talk about whether it is at whatever you know how far down the rabbit hole or how far down the iceberg we go uh we will probably need to definitely say that we are merely like talking about and speculating on it not really condoning or approving or disapproving or although we probably would give our thoughts on those things at some point within this episode and future episodes as well. So we're just like spitballing, right? We're, we're just trying to find because there's weird stuff that happens in, in the real world, in, our, in the real life. And anime is obviously very uh, peculiar to a lot of people. And when you dig down deep enough, you'll find anything in any subject, like the oddities that comes with it, right? Yeah. So this is purely commentary, discussion, analytical. We're not going to be embellishing anything. We're not even trying to praise anything. It's more like we are covering topics that generally do not sit well with people. And we kind of just want to just, you know, unfold that umbrella right. and, and, and showcase, you know, what what really lies within this anime mm-hmm. iceberg. And, now, and, yeah. and one thing I wanted to also make clear is that this iceberg kind of format is not exclusively we're going to use it for anime controversies, right? It just so happens that the topic that we are going to start off with is revolving around controversies. Yeah. So in terms of like anime icebergs, there's not a, a whole lot. In terms of like icebergs in general, there's a lot of content about like specific subjects, specific people, specific moments in history and whatnot. But in terms of like anime icebergs, the, the content seems to revolve around uh, a few specific uh, subjects. One of which is like horror anime and manga. Mm-hmm. So things that are like super, super well known, like any of like the, you know, the Uzumakis or any of like the, those kinds of um, those right. series. Um, so like things that are like very well known through down like more messed up up and unknown shit uh there's also like icebergs that are focused on anime specific series um so right. if you look at like for example on youtube the more popular ones would be like uh evangelion one piece uh uh one uh demon slayer naruto um and i can see where those ones are really popular with people because as much as people love the shit out of these series it's not always guaranteed that everybody knows everything every single detail about each series um and so people just want to be peculiar it's like oh what what was the real inspiration behind naruto or like what was the relationship between this mangaka and that editor which led to this particular series that kind of thing um anime and manga as a whole um now this one is that usually more exists on like forums or subreddits where people compile a list of anime and manga series ranging from like the super well-known to things that people just absolutely do not know anything about i mean uh, i mean an example that i remember i was saw a yuasa iceberg and obviously there is like uh the relationship with madhouse that a lot of people probably won't know, so it's kind of like in the middle layer or however you want to place it. And then far deeper, you get stuff like Mind Game, which is definitely something that people know and is on his um, filmography. But it's like, who watches it? Who knows about it? Or or, or like this controversy or the relationship with, I mean, I guess with Ong Young Choi. So it's kind of the subject matter 
can branch off to not necessarily talk about, as you said, uh, using Naruto as an example, about the characters or about the lore, maybe. But it could also be about the character design or a controversy there, or it could be the inspiration for this character or this arc was done this. It's like a nugget of information that's kind of like from a scholar standpoint that the iceberg is all about, such that the deeper you go is kind of like, if you know, you know, you know? Well, it's like if you think about like descending into like the darkness of the waters, you need one knowledge, you need skills, and you also need specific equipment to be able to get down there. So you, there needs to be like a specific expertise to be able to get down to that level. Yeah, we're not saying that we're like experts within this field, but we definitely wanted to spend enough time like diving into this particular subject to be able to provide things that make sense for you to learn well, rather yeah. than just like, spitballing and saying, oh, here's another top 10 list. Like, if you ever see like those tier lists where it's like, oh, this is an F-ranked anime, it's a D-ranked. A ranker, a CBR, right? Yeah, like those ones, like for the most part, like you kind of already know where the direction of this list is going. Um, we're not saying we're trying to, you know, reinvent the wheel here, but we're going over stuff that is a little less co- uh, covered within the anime iceberg sphere, which is uh, regarding controversies and conspiracies. Uh, these don't necessarily exist all that much uh, on the internet, uh, particularly on YouTube. There is one uh, controversy iceberg that I watched, but that one ended up being a bit more sort of like in Selly than anything right um and so it's like and not not to say that like their opinion should be disregarded it's more just it didn't really sit too well with me like that's the vibe it it gave you right yeah and so therefore like the rest of the list that that person put together was like okay i can kind of see what agenda you have and like that's why you put this list together yeah like the narrative that that video was trying to do yep so we are going to be covering uh, covering the the latter uh, discussion, which is controversies and conspiracies. Um, so, well, how would you split up like the the different tiers? So, so from a newcomer's perspective, how would you define these different tiers before we go into each of those uh, stuff that is in those tiers? Yeah, in terms of segmenting this discussion as well as the pacing of this discussion as well, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to be going over four sections. The top, very very top, is the tip of the iceberg. Literally, if you're on the waters, that's the first thing you see. Everything is painted clear and transparent. You know what's up. The next level beneath that would be the surface, which is things are like just under the water where you can kind of see what's going on underneath, but you don't necessarily have the clearest of pictures uh but you can get a general gist or idea of what's happening here or yeah like you can speculate enough with the amount of information that is available to you but there is something going on that you can't really put all the pieces together right that would that is how i would describe the surface level after that you get into the darkness which is stuff you really can't see anymore it's become murky unclear terrifying at times and uh yeah you definitely need a little bit of guidance to be able to navigate these waters. And at the very bottom of this list is the abyss, the stuff that you not only can't see, but you don't know how far this iceberg goes. Right. This is the part where, especially when it comes to specifically the conspiracies and controversies topic, is like the darkest shit that we have seen. The things that we obviously do not want to talk about, but we, for commentary purposes, will be covering. Yeah. And all of this is real in the sense of it's not Will and I make it up. We probably we did a lot of research on this. We probably should put some links as references just so that um, 
users who want to listeners who want to find out more about a certain subject can do so. We'll figure that out like down the line. Yeah, in order to be able to put this list together, like we needed like concrete information. Yeah, so there was, was this wasn't just going to be like our opinions of things. Like no no opinion got into putting together this list in the first place. It was all based off of what we found in terms of what was like syndicated on enemy news network, what was happening on like actual like news, news yeah, um, or even just like. Like hot like topics, real world events, or hot even topics. like hot, hot, hot discussions on like forum boards as well. Yeah. So what we are thinking of is we are also not splitting necessarily the t- oh this is in that tier for sure. This is just how we kind of interpret these different levels to be. And then the last thing I want to mention is just in case because I was confused at first, which is the abyss, the darkness stuff. Yes, that is like the less the like the unknown, the lesser known stuff, the stuff that you probably would never know until you go look for it and you might not even find it until you really look for it and when you do find it you're probably not gonna like it yeah and there is a there's a reason why things that hide in the shadows are not necessarily always happy-go-lucky and pretty but within this particular first iteration of iceberg anime iceberg it just so happens that with controversies of course the darker and the deeper you go the more messed up and depraved it is and we will give proper warnings just in case also it's just something that we've never really done before not about iceberg specifically but talk about anime controversies like occasionally you know before we were doing more regular like news updates and all that we would maybe put together like a bits and pieces maybe do an after dark to really break down what the fuck's been going on or we shit on it or laugh at it but this is more of a very condensed several like more than several like 12 things i think yeah we have 12 things but of course it's like there's a lot more you know that this iceberg provides and you know whether or not we want to continue talking about controversies and conspiracies or if we want to move into a different direction with the with the icebergs and talk about other subjects um it just depends on you know how how we feel at the end of the day and if you have any opinions and i'll put this in the uh housekeeping of course you can reach out to us because this is the whole point of this kind of experimental episode to do things and see how it works because if we don't hear from you guys we don't know other than like will and i and um, we also want to educate you guys on anime and manga. And this is the reason why we decided to do this topic for this anime iceberg one. Yep, this still counts as education. So we are going to start things off with the tip of the iceberg, the section that covers topics that are usually quite well known or current. Um, but I think, you know, because of the fact that they were so big uh, when they came out that they're kind of worth recapping. Oh, yeah. Uh, good thing you mentioned recapping because some of these stories we actually did cover. But this is now our opportunity to go the in-depth into them. So starting off with uh, the tip, we have um, a, a controversy that occurred with one of the most popular anime series that have come out in the past year, Oshi no Ko. So we, we all watched the first episode or the first movie because yeah. it was like, what, an hour and a half fucking long it was it was it was a crazy experience and people loved the shit out of it there was i mean we covered it for our asap we covered it when it was uh when we released uh for that particular season and so far we've all had nothing but good things to say about it however it hasn't been complete smooth sailing for the series because uh shortly after the airing of episode six there were a lot of fans of another tv series called terrace house that uh, had seen some plot beats uh, or at least some character specific beats uh, within uh, the anime 
and uh, couldn't help but notice that there was a lot of similarity, potentially even exploitation of the tragic passing of one of the cast members, Hana Kimura. Uh, now, this is something- Hana Kimura of which? Of Terrace House. Okay, yeah. yeah. Just yeah. so. Um, it, thank you. Uh, in terms of this particular person, um, the they were a they were a widely controversial character in that a lot of people liked this character, but there were also a strong vocal group of people that just were not happy uh, with uh, with Hana Kimura. Uh, th- as a result, there was a lot of cyberbullying. There was a lot of death threats. There was a lot of just really like unsanitary shit uh, that happened to this person. And unfortunately, uh, she chose the path of taking her own life. Um, Which is extremely, um, you know, we, tragic yeah. and uh, well wishes to their friends and family. But one thing I want to mention is... Um, Will, what is Terrace House for someone who is uninitiated? Uh, Terrace House is a reality series that essentially focuses on young individuals, specifically because like, it's a Japanese show, a lot of Japanese uh, young men and women who are put together into a house. And you know, there's a lot of sort of like like romantic subplots that happen in there. There's like these little random events that kind of occur uh, that, you know, showcase the strengthening or the, the relationship building of these characters. Uh, these kinds of reality series have existed for a while, but Terrace House's um, many series were, were insanely popular. I also want to emphasize that this is not your typical Western reality show of like Big Brother no. or Jersey Shore, even though they or technically... too hot to handle. Right. Oh my god. Even though they do fit under the same umbrella of oh, reality yeah. TV, I need to emphasize that Terrace House is successful on its theme of more wholesomeness of a more less about drama in terms of you know the It's meant tr- to be more wholesome. Yeah, the trashy reality TV part they're like no no no, we're not going to do that. We're focusing more on just like the wholesomeness of a group of individuals living under one roof. Yeah. But unfortunately, not everybody sees this particular series or, you know, the specific person in the same way. And it led to, you know, a real great tragedy that happened for that particular person and their family. Um, Now, the main criticism and the main controversy that came out of this was the fact that a lot of the fans from that series felt that there was a similar kind of character uh, that shows up in Oshino Ko and felt that the progression as well as like the sort of motivations and what happens to that character at the end have a lot of similarities to Hanakimura. And people did not necessarily sit well with that. Especially when it's like, I mean, we even have quotes from uh, the person's mother, Kyoko Kimura, who criticized the series and mentioned that this was essentially kind of capitalizing on her daughter's passing by saying, in quote, the words that the character was exposed to are exactly the words that Hana was exposed to. We have talked about these things publicly through interviews and the like. How could these exact same words be used? I can't overlook the fact that Hannah's death is being used for, like, used like free source material. Yeah, so we want to emphasize that um, not only is it just fans and forums causing this toxic kind of um, behavior towards one of, I guess, what would you say, candidates of Terrace House? Uh, yeah, one of the cast members. Cast members of Terrace House. But to have the mother on record in public to state that, especially in Japanese culture, is a very, very big deal. And also what happened to Hana Kimura is also a very, very big deal. 
not to uh, you know to to say that like oh deal with it or hey you just don't have thick enough skin or haters are just going to hate on the internet anyways but when stuff like this happens to you it's really messed up and it's very easy from an outsider or someone who's not been exposed to that or like you're a twitch streamer to be like oh yeah it's like doxing and stalkers and people hating on you is a normal thing right it's like guys like it might be but it shouldn't be yeah now in response to the controversy the manga aka akasaka very very well known right, right? kaguya sama uh, love his war mangaka yep uh they came in response by mentioning in quote with the spread of the internet we live in a society where fans voices are heard directly i want people to know how young talents are being hurt exploited and suffering Talents, who are entertainers that appear frequently on TV in Japan, can no longer ignore the internet. YouTube has become a super popular, has, has become super popular. Movies are watched with subtitles. Plays are increasingly based on anime and manga, and there has been an instance of a suicide stemming from a reality show. Considering all those facts, I then decided to take a contemporary subject, something that is happening in the real world of Japanese entertainment today. This was the first concept. So, in in terms of the response that Akakasaka had, I think that that was the only thing that he could have done. In that he, of course, would be defending Oshinoko, but also explaining as to why he wanted to talk about it in the first place. I don't think that there was any intention of capitalizing on Hanakamura's suicide to be able to, you know, make this series popular. In the end, I think that um, Kyoko, uh, the mother of Hanakamura, would accept the apology, but then further went and said, you know, I didn't mean to blame the author or any specific individual. I just wonder if there was no one who gave it proper consideration before releasing it out into the world. Um, basically, she just didn't feel that you know people who have been uh, victimized on social media, you know, they that 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 particular instance needs to be seen again, and it could have been handled in a different way. So now that we have kind of told you the the kind of the recollection of the events how i feel are we gonna go into like how we feel about the subject will um i i don't think it's necessary to go that deep but yeah if we can offer our two cents in that we understand where this controversy stems from mm-hmm. i think the timing of it was definitely not great and the fact that the similarity of the subjects were are, are just hard to ignore you're you're bound to be upsetting a lot of people specifically right. people who are connected to th- this particular tragedy i just feel that the fact that aka akasaka didn't cave in i guess to pressure to apologize but actually stood his ground and was like no guys like this is fucking real and i respect everyone and also kyoko the mother also in her response was very I think appropriate, but also understandable given her I mean, she frustration. Was, she with was the, still grieving as well. Yeah. Right? So I think there, when you said that there is no, that is the only way I agree because there is no right way. Cause if you apologize, I feel like in some ways you're dismissing the issue. And the whole point of it is to bring it to light. I mean, it's in Oshinoko as a plot beat, right? Whether it's connection to, Hana Kimura or not is going that when you go to that level of despair with a fictional character in Oshinoko it is still is still a subject that is real and very messy and something that 
probably going forward in the future is going to get even more severe and prominent. And that's just the way it is. But that does not mean it's okay. Yep. Moving on to the uh, the next subject we wanted to talk about. This one is historic on many, oh many levels. Oh, my God. I love it. This one. The final episodes of Neon Genesis Evangelion. The very, very beloved, but also very, very lovable to hate television series, original television series that broadcasted and came out in the late 80s, early 90s. The, the, the reception for NGE when it first came out was very... Um, polarizing uh wait which one that's the question uh well first of all in the beginning i think people just were shocked by what they were watching simply because this was at a time when anime was very much down in the dumps a lot of production studios were shutting down there was not as much interest in anime and manga and people were just wondering well is is this how the industry dies out well no we got we then got uh neon genesis evangelion and uh man it was um it 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 went out with a bang. You got some real serious like serious plot beats. You had some characters that literally defined like not only character designs but like characterization and archetypes, right? Yeah. yeah. But what was the more polarizing thing was the last two episodes of NGE, in which there was a lot of speculation, a lot of rumors that the studio that was responsible for making the series had run out of money, and people were just not able to you know work on the series anymore and therefore the last two episodes were deemed to be a bit more of an experimental style quote-unquote um and uh yeah it was a lot of like hashly drawn like sketches a lot of like a lot of like slides just did not seem to transition very well so so for for individuals who don't know that is what is known as the clapping scene the finale that's the first ending so to speak because uh the speculation was they ran out of money, and I think they went on record to say at some point, yeah, we were kind of fucked in terms of money, and I think the creator was also very depressed. So there was that. Um, but yeah, um, the last two episodes specifically, the ending of the world and the beast uh, that shouted I at the heart of the world, um, those were the last two episodes that came out, but um, were definitely like harshly criticized simply because a lot of fans just felt like they were ripped off they just felt that when you were watching it they were betrayed by how badly quote-unquote that it ended and um it, it resulted in some real like a real shit storm uh for a lot of people online uh or at least you know however people got their news back then i don't think the internet was all that you know powerful back then. yeah and you also have to understand that during that time there just weren't a lot of animes being produced at the rate that it is today with every single uh, you know, season having like 50 shows, right? And there was still like shining points like Ghost in the Shell, Akira and all that. But a lot of it was okay, right? So um, a lot of the industry was not doing too good. Yeah. Now this was, it got so bad that the, I mean, the, the, the creator of the series ended up getting a lot of death threats, a whole lot of hate mail. Uh, basically, yeah, hate mail, like yeah. actual mail. To the point where at the end of like making the series and then like going on to make more stuff. I mean, he, he I think he ended up making like a complimentary ending uh, for uh, Neon Genesis through uh, Death and Rebirth. Uh, there yeah. was a lot well, called the end of Evangelion. Yeah. yeah, there was a lot of stuff that came out in response. Basically, it wasn't so much that it was he was appeasing the fans or trying to get them back on. It was more just a big. Fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. You see, like, so 
Well, you haven't watched it, uh, but I watched it as a teenager growing up. It was, yeah. it was, in fact, the second anime I've ever watched. And I was really pissed off at the clapping scene. I was like, what the fuck? But I also had the VCD <laughs> video cassette disc of the end of Evangelion, the double episode. And that was like, what the fuck? Actually, uh, compact disc. Oh, sorry, compact yeah. disc. I said cassette. Oh, my God, I just dated myself. And then now I say Betamax or whatever, and that's going to be even worse. Laser disc, blah, 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 blah. Okay. You didn't, you know, watch stuff off of floppy disks? Nah, bro. It's all about the zip drives. So, um, these death threats are no joke back in the day because I would argue nowadays sending a hate post, hate is like, a lot more simple to disconnect you as an individual to the other person being affected. Well, also the fact that like social media back then just did not exist. It was it, it's very it was easy. It's very easy to just like you know flame someone online nowadays mm-hmm. because you are able to do that anywhere in the world. Whereas back then, it's like you had to really want to kill somebody. Or really hurt somebody. Or threaten to do so, right? Yeah. And uh, you have to literally write a letter, put a postage stamp, probably have your return address, and give it to someone to be sent to someone. And, and back then, it's like, okay, you had yellow pages, but it wasn't like you called that number, it was going to connect you. You had someone's address there. No, you had to go through the effort of really hating someone so much that you found out where they worked, you found out where they lived, and you just harassed them to no end. Like, you have to understand that the kind of level of the degree of cyber, like, stalking, threatening, is very unheard of, like, at, at that point in time. Nowadays is more commonplace, even though it shouldn't be. But to the point of, like, they put it in the credits, right? Like, the credits of the end of Evangelion. It's yeah, like, the death threat sequence. Yeah. Uh, but essentially what happened was that... Um, the, so that particular see, uh, scene were, was covering like translations of letters, emails, and graffiti um, that uh, essentially was at the end of a, of, of a live-action sequence of, of the second half of Evangelion. Now, um, at the end of Evangelion. Now, whilst it is referred to as the death threats episode, uh, the episode actually had mail were more on the positive side, actually. Not a lot of them were death threats. Um, and most of them actually showed, like, genuine appreciation and encouragement towards the end of Evangelion. Um, but, um, and also at the same time, it's like, they also didn't want to air out Dirty Laundry. Yeah. Yeah, that, that Be- was the main thing. Yeah, because it, it it's kind of a faux pas in general and to this day to do so. Like, to say, like, fuck you to the fans by making, like, shit that, like, they were going to do anyway. To be honest, that's, like, the biggest, like, awesome part of me that is just like mad respect because yeah he got so much they the whole studio that end up being i guess studio kafka in the end right yeah got so much fucking hate and i actually am very invested in this story because i i was i i didn't send any hate mail or anything but i also felt similar sentiment and i was there in that moment when all of this occurred and anna was just like yeah fuck y'all you don't like you don't like the clapping? I don't think I like the clapping either, but I tried my best. Fine, you want it? Here you go. And then everyone was just like, oh, fuck. What do we do with these two episodes? They're great, but what the fuck? 
Yeah. So I think that's that's kind of why like I wanted to put this one at the tip of the iceberg simply because whilst at the time it was insanely controversial, it hasn't had a very lasting negative impact on the series as a whole. To the I mean the fact that like just a month ago I've been bombarded through like my emails or my Instagram of buying like Asuka fucking hard drives <laughs> or buying like fucking motherboards for my computer. Hey, the algorithm are, is listening, man. Like it, it's to this day it is still a insanely popular series yeah and i don't think that like you know with the controversy it has done that much to disparage it but at the same time it's like yo like fans need to chill yeah i think the controversial part is not on the creator's side it could be the creator's actions in response to the negativity but i think the the hate mail the negativity and ano's response with the last two episodes is kind of the more controversial part. So it's, it was a wild time at that point. Yeah, for sure. Moving on to the last of the tip, it's uh, Jotless Reincarnation and the feud they had with a Chinese influencer named Lex Burner. Now, this actually happened not too long ago, about yeah, five years ago. We reported in- on Oshinoko and this one. It was hilarious to yeah. me. So what happened? Well, first of oh, all, sorry. I don't Oshinoko think- was not hilarious. I, I uh I want to be very clear. Sorry. Yeah. But this one was. Yes. Um, so we already know about Jotless Reincarnation, Mushoku Tensei, but who the fuck is Lex Burner? So Lex Burner is a Chinese influencer uh, that essentially does a lot of live streams, uh, not just specifically on anime and manga, but general lifestyle stuff. Like a variety streamer type like, thing. Like a hobbyist kind of. Right. Yeah. But essentially, like when you think of influencer, especially in China, it's going to you know do a lot of sort of like marketing appeal it's going to be advertising it's going to be getting into like main like mainstream societal norms mm-hmm. um and therefore it's like you know a lot of times because of the way that the influencer market works specifically in china a lot of them have a lot of say amongst people i mean the fact that like if you only have like one percent of all of china's viewership that's like 10 million people Mm-hmm. Right, we're talking about like a, a a large population that is very much like working within their ecosystem, their own ecosystem, and therefore like Chinese influencers, especially if you get to a large platform like Billy Billy, yo, you are going to be a star. Except that this person tarnished their own name by tarnishing the name of Jabba's reincarnation. So what did Lex? Burner do what so, was his rampage? How did it start? Will let's say that Lex Burner is not a fan of Jobless Reincarnation. In fact, that if if he found people liking the series, he would call them quote unquote bottom feeders in the social hierarchy. He would go so far as to actually go to the rating section on Billy Billy and actually post like shit posts to users who gave the series a five star rating. Like yeah. that's how far this person went. This is how this is how vindictive this person like, is. Like a quote unquote normal person who hates on a series would just give it like a one star and just call it a day. But to go into the comments to find the ones that like it and then to go after them is like another level of like i don't like this at all and to be fair a lot of people didn't like jobless reincarnation at the time and this is season one right to be clear season one yeah so this was before the controversy that happened in season two so in season one it happened really earlier on i think with uh infidelity uh i think there was a moment there that caused a lot of a lot a lot of lewd shit as well right i mean that in general yeah so what does this all mean for Jobless Reincarnation? You you have haters all the time, right? But this was a little bit different because 
this was done on Bilibili, the top streaming platform in China. And it put them in a really tough spot because whilst there was a lot of negativity towards this series, Lex Burner was also like a top 100 contributor for the platform and was due to perform at their Lunar New Year celebration program at the time. Now, many fans of Lex uh, Burner who are also anime fans just felt betrayed. They're like, what the fuck? Like, why would you do that? This is like despicable. You're straight up just like review bombing this series and getting your fans to do the same thing. This is ob- this is absolutely like a- a- an abuse of your power. Yeah, it's like an unnecessary witch hunt, right? And isn't Jobless Reincarnation on Billy Billy too? It was. Yes. And therefore, there were also a lot of fans of Lex Burner that did not care for anime and essentially just said, you know what? Like, fuck it. There's no point in just review bombing it on Billy Billy. Why don't we go to the authorities and actually report this series? And in an effort to just kind of like stimming the situation, the platform decided to remove the series from streaming. But because of the fallout that happened with the banning of Mushoku Tensei of, of Jolly's Reincarnation, Lex Burner was then kicked off the program of uh, the Lunar New Year celebration. And Billy Billy had to come up with an official punishment by citing that his uh, inappropriate comments had violated his streaming uh, contract. So he won and lost at the same time in a way. He won by getting Jobless Reincarnation banned in China, but also lost because he ended up getting kicked off the platform. And I think it is extremely important from to emphasize because, you know, uh, the Lunar New Year special is a very, very big time of the year. It's like same as Singles Day, right? November 11th in terms of the amount of uh, fervor and, and activity yeah, yeah and, and eyeballs right like everybody in china turns on the tv to see what the new year program will bring and it is a very important day uh within chinese culture and so to be like kicked off it it's like such a loss of face right and i think that's one of the things that a lot of people in the west probably won't unless if you're like you know asian you might understand and i'm not being like racist or stereotypical here but the emphasis on losing face is a very very big deal in I wouldn't in say Asia. racist I would say ignorant ignorant yeah yeah okay. yeah you're definitely not being racist here at all it's it's more just you're explaining a culture to people that may or may not know much about it. so yeah it's completely okay. the value of face and as like in Japan there's like honor right your your reputation your integrity is such a big deal in Asian culture such that if this happened is such an embarrassment to you I mean, Lex Burner being you, right? Yeah. That, like, oh, my God. Like, what? I think, like, the main controversy that came out of this is the fact that, like, look, you can hate on a series. You can even go so far as to flame a series by giving it a one-star review or whatever. But the fact that you have such a big platform on the biggest streaming platform in China and you go about not just review bombing the series but also telling your army of fans to do the same thing. Like, it got so bad to the point where uh, Refugin uh, Maganote, uh, the author of uh, Jobless Reincarnation, uh, responded to the situation by, quote, uh, Lex Burner's words are only his personal opinion, and he is free to hold whatever views he likes. Although I am displeased at how he has insulted our viewers, other viewers, anime is not just made for successful people. So I hope that those who can enjoy it will enjoy it. If that is the kind of online presence he is, 
That's just the way it is sometimes. Even in Japan, there are plenty of people like him, though maybe not of much influence or as much influence. Yo. As far as I'm concerned, instead of ga- engaging with him, I think it is important to ignore him and grow your own communities. Thank you. Holy fuck. Oh, yeah. And here's two middle fingers. And like, you know, when he says thank you, he really means fuck you. Yeah. Alex Burner. Like, no, no. And, and also it's just like, oh, yeah, thank you. You know, like with the head tilt and everything. Like I can just see that. Right. It's the biggest polite way of saying you are fucking useless i don't give a shit about you but you have every right to say whatever you want it's just not relevant to me or anyone for that matter yeah because you're not part of my community you can stay in your community and and you you shouldn't have a community and no one should be part of your community in general yeah i mean there's still like major fallout from this because of the fact that jobless reincarnation is still banned in china and you know being able to like you know operate in the chinese market is huge, huge right because it's like a billion people right But when it comes to like business versus integrity i think that refugian uh, the author just picked the high road so you're like okay fine say what you want i'm gonna keep doing my shit you do your shit i don't like your shit but i'm not gonna tell you to stop it because it doesn't matter to me at all like that that is the best way to respond not, not even apologizing just straight up saying like okay sure you are you nothing do to you. Me. You are nothing to me. Yeah. Because I am nothing to you. We exist in completely different worlds and let's just keep it that way. Yeah. And I think the when 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 we talked about this news story back then and we're talking about it now, the only thing that rings true to me is uh, a certain Uncle Ben once said, With great power comes great responsibility. And Lex Burner fucked it up. Yeah. He's Lex Majorly. Luther now. Oh god, he was such a dick. I mean, like since then, like no mention of him whatsoever. He's been like banned, or is he like, on the platforms? He should be, right? I think he's like, he he was like shadow banned for a bit. Oh my gosh, shadow ban! That's hilarious. So shadow ban is essentially for those who don't know, is you are not banned from the platform, so you you can still like stream and contribute to the platform. You just won't get anything out of it, basically. Yeah, right? or when they search for you, they you have to really find him in order to like they're not on the front page or. They're very far down the search list or whatnot. So your visibility is lowered significantly. Yep. So it's idiot. Look. <laughs> just straight up idiot. Should we move not, on? I'm yeah. not, I'm, okay. I'm just going to say this. Jobless Reincarnation is a fucked up show that deals with a lot of fucked edgy, up fucked up shit and is edgy, right? I think it's really well made. I think it's really well done. But. No studio one. bind, right? The studio yeah. does it. Yeah, they they did a really good job with it. But you but can't don't get it twisted. Yeah. It's stupid, fucked up, controversial, amazing masterpiece. But no one is gonna. No one should deny that the fact that yeah, there's some fucked up shit that goes on in Jobless Reincarnation. But bro, that's the hill you want to die on. Yeah. Like, come on, man. Like, don't piss off anime fans, basically. Yeah. And don't piss off. Well, I guess the next one is basically, you know, don't piss off anime creators because we're now reaching the surface of this anime iceberg. We're going into lesser known topics, but, you know, have still creeped into the mainstream. And we would like to remind you that these are things that are not okay to do. Or if they are okay to do, I don't want to talk to you. So first help if if, 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 if you see it that way. But yeah. So first, let's talk about Cheat Slayer. Now, Cheat Slayer was an isekai manga that was written by the author of Kakegurui, Humura Kamamoto, and illustrated by Aki Yamaguchi. Oh, so, like, very reputable people, for sure, right? I mean, I, I absolutely love Kakegurui. Yep, me too. Right? 
Now, you have a Jabami wallpaper. I'm going to call you out on that. I still have that. It's I really good wallpaper, though. Minimalist design. I just don't like that it has, it has the watermark on the bottom, but I need to you know, give credit where credit's due, right? right? I can't just erase that. So what is Cheat Slayer about? Well, it's a slayer who cheats. Essentially, uh, basically, uh, around a character who comes across other characters that abuse supernatural powers quote unquote cheats which they gain after dying and being reincarnated in his world uh, as his world's new inhabitants so is wait that's isekai plot number 562 so what why does it matter will yeah um so the problem with this is that um a lot of readers started noticing that certain characters in the manga kind of look the same or if not kind of absolutely look the same as characters from other isekai series. Mm. Um, so following this, the editorial department of Monthly Dragon Age, which syndicates the manga, uh, reinspected the series and declared that depicting characters uh, that look so similar to those from other series as villains would cause problems as the creators believed that maybe Kamoto and Yamaguchi were intentionally denigrating other particular works. So as a result, the department apologized to the creators and others involved and said they would pay more attention to prevent similar issues in the future. So, uh, yeah, among those who were really critical was, again, Rifujin Nanogote, the author of Mushoku Tensei, who wrote on Twitter, making characters appear who are recognizably borrowed from characters from other works and then turning them into villains and making them do vile things. This is crossing the line. So some of the characters of notes that were quote unquote plagiarized in this series included um, uh, Rimuru uh, from that time I got reincarnated as a slime. Kirito from Sword Art Online. We saw that one. That was just like, yeah, that, that's fucking yep. Kirito. Okay. Yeah. So there. Okay. So there's okay. also Aqua from Kamasuba. Yeah. Uh, Overlord Ainz. I think that's the least egregious one yeah. in the grand yeah, scheme yeah. of things. Um, um, my Lex Knife as a villainous all roads lead to doom, which I'm just like, yo, that wholesomeness villainous, you're gonna fucking turn her into like the dark queen. But okay, so Will and I also reported on this, and there was a very, if you Google image search, a clip, uh, like a, a, a two page spread of, I think, like a boardroom meeting almost, and they show each seat. We, we the, if you search for it, Will, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, and each seat shows you know the you know the villain quote unquote that is sitting on the seat and you're just like will and i looked at it i think during recording we're just like yo um this is not good because to make matters because okay on one hand you could think of hey there it's a parody slash homage in a way and they are essentially doing their freedom of expression aspect right but you have to take into consideration several things the first thing is the freedom of expression, freedom of speech is mainly a right that is given in the West and some most of the time in the East, most of the time being the operative word. Yeah. And they just take it more seriously. The second thing is y'all can like, you know, parody and shit on other properties and stuff, but defamation and putting other properties, other people's livelihood and stakes in a bad light is still questionable, right? Yeah. And, and that, that, that also like sort of like reinforces the gray zone that copyright law exists in Japan. That's why like whenever you see like major brands, like you see Cola Cola instead of Coca Cola, or you see like McDonald's instead of McDonald's and stuff like that. I mean, that, what right? was the um, Devil's a Part Timer? Uh, I think it was 
Uh, it's like W, right? McDonald's. Walk McDonald's, Walk right? McDonald's, yeah. So it's like, oh, I clearly know what you're doing. Or, oh, okay, this is the Starbucks one or the Bakari Sweat one. But And you might think this is just creative freedom that, you know, the Cheat Slayer uh, Isakai um, author, Homura, uh, uh, might be going with. However, let's, let's just say that, like, if I was to take Ash Ketchum, for example, and just make him into a complete oh, degenerate. No, don't say that because Power World currently exists that's that's a, that's a different thing I, that is a whole different thing but it's somewhat related right it's along the related. same lines in the same vein in the same vein yeah but um that that's not near here yeah yeah, yeah yeah uh with this on the other hand though it's like let's let's maybe not piss off our competitors like you can challenge them for sure you can definitely like you know poke fun at them but when it comes to like making kirito a villain or like okay fine like um the main character um uh which one? Uh, from uh, I, uh, I can't remember the name. Anyways, I'll I'll get back to you later on that one. Um, you you probably shouldn't like poke the bear in this situation. Well, you know? the thing is also you have to keep in mind you are saying that these isekais within an isekai, so you are in the same umbrella realm genre as these so-and-so greats within that genre, of the isekai genre, then you take characters that are beloved by a lot of people, for better or for worse, agree or disagree, and then take them and have them do really bad things to emphasize how evil they are. It, it's like too close to call. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just not saying you should do that, you know? You can, but you shouldn't. Yeah. So what ended up happening? So Kamoto ended up apologizing. Of course, they no had shit, to, right? right? They apologized by saying, in quotes, I deeply apologize for all the pain, concerns, and fuss I've caused to everyone related to this subject. I created a work that was lacking in due consideration. I am ashamed to have caused an incident like this. Going forward, my shame about my actions will encourage me to create better works. I am deeply sorry. So happy ending. Cheat Slayer was then canceled. It was supposed to have an anime. I don't think it ever got close to you know getting greenlit for it. Um, so... Yeah, that's the end of that. No cheat slayer. Do not cheat the copyright law of Japan because whilst it doesn't necessarily exist in all realms, the people who work behind the scenes, such as the mangakas of other series, that yeah, because you will off, work with them. You will work or interact with other people within your community of creators and publishers. Right? Don't don't piss them off. Yeah. Moving on to the next one of the surface, uh, my beloved series, the melancholy of. Uh, well, yeah, the melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya um, definitely like riled up a lot of fans when they got into the second season. Uh, so I, I absolutely love Haruhi Suzumiya. I don't want to go too much into it because some spoilers, but this one... Also, I haven't watched it, but I I think this... Okay, before you get into it, I think this is actually kind of genius, to it's be honest. It's genius, but it's also like despicable yeah. on so many levels. So there's an infamous arc in the melancholy of Suzumiya called The Endless Eight. And it consisted of eight episodes of the cast being stuck in a Groundhog Day time loop. Oh, okay. So you relive the same day. What's wrong with that? What happened was that we had eight back-to-back episodes of the same events, dialogues, and interactions, albeit from different perspectives and camera angles. So many fans in and outside of Japan just felt like they were being trolled. They were like, what's going on? Like, I've been watching. I've been waiting for this to come out every week but it seems to be the same thing over and over are we watching reruns what's right. going on here so will you watched it right i 
Yes, I watched every single episode of The Endless Eight. Yeah, and to be clear, you watched it not as it aired, so you saw it all in one go, right? I watched it, I binged it, right. and I lost my mind by the third time I watched it because it is literally just the same voice acting, right. the same angles, maybe one or two small differences. But, but it's, it's like, technically not the same episode. Is that very clear? No, it is. Okay, by definition, it's not the same episode. Right, it's the same retelling of events, but like... It's basically... Two main characters are talking, and the camera angle is in front of the couch. The next episode, two main characters are talking. From the balcony. And then the third episode, two main characters talking, but from behind the couch. Right. So it's it's very clear that it is supposed to be not the same episode. It's not like they just re-ran the same episode eight times. No, they had different animations. They had different slides and all that. But again, it was very much like... You you couldn't help but feel that you were being gypped, trolled, right? And it, it was really telling um, that like it was so bad that by the by, before the Endless Eight even aired, Haruhi Suzumiya at the time the second season was nineteenth on my anime list, right? After the arc finished, the show dropped to one thousand four hundred and seventy nine. <laughs> Yeah, Before the you, arc was even over, ex Kiyoani director, uh, director Yamamoto apologized on behalf of the studio, insisted he had been against the Endless Eight. This also led to the voice actors for Haruhi apologizing as well. The reason why this even happened in the first place was because the second season was supposed to include the disappearance storylines, so the disappearance of Haruhi Suzumiya, which became a movie. movie. The script was too long, and so therefore... I mean, this, the movie was three hours. Yeah, Two and a half, three. Yeah, it was very long. Yeah. Um, and so, therefore, it's like, well, they decided to make the decision of separating out and turning it into an own film. But that also meant that the season itself did not have enough episodes. So right. You got you to, gotta, you got to, you got to, you know, put some fillers. And it just turns out this filler is the same filler eight times. Yeah. What but- was also crazy as well was that, you know, around that time when they were doing dvd sales dvds kind of worked a little bit differently for, uh, so basically it's like the season itself was separated into seven dvds each containing two episodes and so for those it's dvds so was literally the same it thing is so good however hilarious. they actually did much better than expected they actually sold more than other episodes and considering the controversy that was just like wow what's going on i mean here? it could just be like people oh i just want to see what this is about or right people, or people didn't know yeah. Right. There wasn't as much information about yeah. like, what was happening in that second season. Because you also have to understand that at that time there's probably two camps. Right. There is the group of people that would wait for the DVD sales because this is before streaming. Right. That and then binge it or the binge that section of episodes in one go, or they catch it week to week. So people who watch it week to week. Imagine the anticipation only to get trolled seven times. I, I just love the fact that, like, on my anime list at the time, because of the Endless Eight, the season, end up dropping 1,460 spots. That was funny. That was insane. No, but can't, like, as someone Can you who, blame the fans, though? It's like, no, right? I, I don't blame the fans. But let's talk about why I think, in a way, that is a very genius level thing. Because, first of all, you as... Uh, KyoAni, right? It's gonna be like, yeah, okay, we have decided to move Melancholy to uh, a film. Like that's uh, the, 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 the disappearance. Yeah, sorry, the disappearance. The Melancholy was the, the actual series. Actual series, right? So the company internally knew that already. They made that decision, right? So then they're like, no, okay. not everyone was for it, but right, they, they had to run it through, right? Right. So that was the decision that the company made. Whoever was against it or not, right? Then okay, now we're stuck with this situation. 
what do we do? Because now we're going to have to add filler arcs or something to pad it out because there needs to be a definite episode count. It's not like Netflix or where you can just have, you know. Oh, we're going to do uh, six episodes, but each one's an hour long. Or we're going to do eight episodes. Each one's going to be 45 minutes long and stuff like that. No, this one, it's like it was syndicating on TV. You had to have a cur of anywhere from 11 to 13, maybe even a double cur. So, therefore, you had to meet that agenda. With that block of the, time, Because right? that's what the production committee stipulated. Exactly. So, then, for you to figure out the biggest loophole in in my mind of the Endless 8 being a An groundhog. actual Endless 8. Yeah, a Groundhog Day is so meta to me that... I just like you figured it out, but it was it, done so poorly. In, in was a way, it really that it, bad. In a way, it was done poorly because imagine watching something over and over for three hours, but it was the same thing eight times. That was that was what cheated a lot of the fans. And for me, like I knew what I was getting myself into whilst watching the Endless Eight. But I, mean, I still I, stuck with it. Yeah, I knew about this Endless Eight thing before I even watched. A single episode right and i mean like we can look back at it with like fond memory because wow what a fucking funny story this is but at the time like imagine, I imagine though imagine watching jobless reincarnation and he wakes up and it's on like his first day no imagine this like you're watching it live right you're watching it like week to week and yep. for two months you're watching basically the same episode of how to he suzumiya yeah. and here's the better part will when you watch it you'd be like oh fuck but the next episode, they're gonna, they're not gonna, you know, they're they're gonna change it up, right? Like it's gonna resolve itself, right? And then to be fucking trolled like six to seven times, but it's also so appropriate, yeah, because that's that's essentially what Haruhi Suzumiya is all about. And it was a very major arc in the manga. It was just the way it was done in the anime really infuriated a lot of people. But again, I don't think it had as much of a lasting negative impact on it. In fact, I think people just look at it and be like, ha, huh? they had that thing going on there. What a fucking shit show. Would you recommend people to skip? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Damn it. Just watch one episode. Watch. Okay. How I would do it is watch episode one of Endless 8 and then watch the last episode of Endless 8. You can save yourself six episodes. I kind of want to go through those six, though, if I'm not short on time. If you're not short on time, by all means, watch it. But, uh, yeah, we, we're not going to endlessly talk about the Endless 8. We're going to then move on to the last of the surface, which is Bill 156. All right. So Bill 156 is an extremely complex subject. It's a head scratcher for sure, yeah. Because I mean, as Jason was scratching his head while talking about it. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was that was unintentional, right? That was reflex. Okay. So, Bill 156 is going to be mentioned at the end of Bill 156 because you have to have a lot of build up and context leading up to it. So, there is a department called the Tokyo Metropolitan Ordinance regarding the health development of youths. And essentially, just as his name implies, it is... No, that was the law itself. Oh, sorry, sorry, so The organization sorry. is the Tokyo Metropolitan Assembly. Yeah, sorry. It's, yeah. It's, it's a very messy situation to figure things out. But they created the ordinance because they are essentially using the narrative and the sentiment of... We have to educate and promote the well-being of our future generations so then they become better people, blah, 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 blah. A.K.A. video games are bad. Video games are violent. Video games should be banned. 
Right. Except that, this was that ilk. Yeah. Except this was in like the 1960s. Yeah. 1964, August 1st. Right. So you might be wondering, okay, Jason, Will, like, what are we talking about here in terms of censorship and banning? Uh, there was a graphic. Will, have you? Did you see it on the docket? Uh, yes. And it just shows, like, okay, first of all, let me just get the to you listeners the non-controversial stuff out of the way. They are separating shonen, seinen, and adult, adult, eighteen plus. Yeah. So it's kind of like, oh, okay, you have them at different sections of manga retailers because you, you definitely still see that too. I mean, like if you even go to like a Don Quixote or a Donkey Donkey in Japan, like you will see that there is like one specific floor or like one section of the floor that's only for like eighteen up. Yeah, and, and, and that kind of sentiment of like, oh, okay, there's a blockbuster DVD rental place, but if you go through the saloon doors, you go through the curtains, that's yep. that's like, you know, the risque stuff, that's the porn stuff, 18 plus stuff, you need to be of age and whatnot. So that technically is not necessarily groundbreaking. It's not the controversial part either. Right. But it's the start of it because they also had like sectioned off like oh adjusted the height of the average child in one of the graphics and it's like oh they can't look up high enough so then the top shelves they can't reach it so those are where like the more adult stuff it's like trying to gamify where you put your stuff to I don't even understand it at one point you had to think about when they first started this back in the 60s they were like what 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 were you guys smoking like is like height is a factor in whether a child or not can access (laughs) like that that was it's not even how old they are it's just if they're short they're not gonna be able to see it (laughs) yeah so it's like what do so technically speaking how can an adult who is short reach those Uh, stuff right all all the short kings and short queens i'm so sorry you were born in the 60s you need a ladder or a step like that imagine that level of like asking the staff okay i just want to watch some porn please let me do this it's like no you're too short to reach the top shelf like what the fuck right (laughs) yeah so that ordinance was in the 1960s to define what they call quote-unquote harmful publications and to give the government you know greater power to enforce these kinds of provisions, right? Okay. Yeah, this, and mind you, this was like originally introduced in 1964. It was then revised again in 2010. Correct. To meet like current standards. Right. So, the current standard, actually though, is not Bill 156. Is what they called the non-existent youth bill. And then they caught they took it up to a vote, but there was a lot of problems with the bill. A lot of opposition. And a lot of amendments need to be made. So then they took the what they quote the non-existent youth bill down and made it into what we now know as Bill 156. So one thing I want to mention, Bill 156 is mainly concerning in Japan. But it's it, a big deal. It's a very big deal. So in order for me to do this, I have to almost read word for word the several conditions that are in the bill. We do need to expedite it a bit. Right. Just hit the hour mark. Okay. So they define harmful materials to include any manga, anime, or pictures, but not including real life pictures or footage that features either sexual or pseudo-sexual acts that are illegal in real life or pseudo or sexual acts between close relatives whose marriage would be illegal where such depictions and or presentations unjustify 
unjustifiably glorify or exaggerate the activity. And then following that, any publisher who has more than six words declared harmful under this new criteria in a 12-month period can be referred to the relevant industry self-regulation body. If the publisher breaches the criteria again in the next six months, the governor can can publicly identify the offender and comment on the reasons for declaring their work in breach, like straight up just doxing them. Yeah. And the, probably the least controversial part, in my opinion, is to encourage the establishment of an environment where child pornography could be eliminated to prevent its creation and any child under the age of 13 wholly or partially naked or wearing swimsuit or any underwear purchased in books or featured in films. You know, that are, part is completely normal. Like, yes, we should not be allowing that at all. Yep. And then they say promote safe use of the Internet and raise awareness of the risks that the medium poses. And have filter systems and uh, parents and guardians must take responsibility for ensuring their children knows what the fuck they're doing. The The problem with this Bill 156 or non-existent child policy is the fact that, like, people didn't really know where it starts and where it ends. Like, yep. what would be deemed to be controversial enough for you to be publicly doxxed or what was, like, so safe? But actually, you know what? Like, hey, um, this is too risque we have given you your first strike get another one and we're going to dox you yeah and the thing is that the community including the association of japanese animations aja which we have mentioned in the past with their annual reports were like nah bro we this this ain't cool then in comicet 79 a, a doujin she of them parading all of the politicians I and the this. bill sold out with over a thousand copies sold and needed a second printing and released online and translated in english what's the what's the book called an idiot's guide to tokyo's harmful book regulations it's god i think like look we understand why such a bill would exist i think it was just the implementation and execution of it was not properly thought out like the fact that when it first stemmed from, hey, the, if the child's too short, they're not going to reach the porn. So put the porn on the top shelf. And now it's more like, oh, we just don't want anything like completely illegal. So uh, don't do illegal shit. But then it's also like, but you didn't necessarily define everything that's illegal or what is legal. Yeah. So here's the other dumb thing about Ma- about Bill 156 that is still used, obviously, to this day. They do not apply to digital sales. Well. Yeah, this is the crazy part where like it, it only comes out in print. If you sell your shit digitally, that ordinance does not apply. Yeah. Oh, you monitor, you know, internet use. Yes, but not digital sales. It's like, what, what are, you, are you doing? Yeah, what are you thinking here? It's like, oh, like they can't access it on the internet, but we're not going to govern the internet. Yeah. So, so like, what are, what are you actually doing? Then? And, you're, you're basically, what you're doing is you're putting pressure on the publishing companies to make sure that if they're doing anything in print, they have to be very careful. But for those who do exclusively digital shit, hey, it's free game, baby. Yeah. So you can see that as two ways, right? The politicians actually don't know what anime and manga really is. But it's it's like saying fair, video games, to be right? Fair, do you ever feel like a lot of politicians are in the know of like? No, the they norms, do not know. You know? It's, yeah. And the other thing is, if your law is vague, you can kind of do whatever you want. You have, like, power because yeah, you, it's part you, of the you, law, you, you know? You just keep treading the line until they tell you off. And then when they tell you off, it's like, hey, no, 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 no. I was completely working within the confines of what is deemed legal and what is deemed illegal, you know? like Yeah, and yeah, it's just so dumb that rules – the consequences are so dire, but the rules are not clear. And the other, I guess, more modern issue of LGBT representation is – 
a bit debatable. That one, that one's always gonna be a tough one because yeah. of the fact that it's still very much a taboo subject in in Asia specifically. Yeah, like we, we don't. We, I mean, we know it exists everywhere else in the world, but here in Asia, it's 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 in a really weird spot because there are a lot of like transgendered or a lot of LGBT like actors, actresses, influencers that exist in Asia, but it's they're they're kind of classed under this guise of them being like other people they're, right. they're not generally going to be considered to be like part of the mainstream or they, they're, they're caricatured or glorified like, yeah you know, it, 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 it's it's a really like sad way to represent those those cultures those ways of life because we like in a way for them at least for the general media it's for them to like you said, to protect the youth from like deviant thoughts and mm-hmm. going down the wrong path. When really, it's like, why are you even setting that guideline in the first place? It's like everyone is polite to you, but there's this underlying sentiment of you don't belong here. Or uh, when the cameras are on, everyone is a family and everything. And when the camera is off, it's like, please go to your side of it's the not studio. Okay. It's not okay to be gay, but if you're gay and entertaining, we got a job for you. Exactly, right? You it's know? just like, oh... Why does it have to be a trait rather than my personality and just who I am rather than a selling point, right? right? Exactly. It's like if it don't make me money, I don't want you to be gay. Like, but if my height is very short, though, yeah, it it, it it's such a confusing law because you you like you said, right? Like it it's meant to be a law that actually helps to protect children or youths in general from I, accessing these kinds of material. And, and I think really, that is fine. I think that's needed. Right, but you then say, "Oh, if they're too short, they can't see the porn." We're going to make sure that we monitor all activity on the internet, but we're not going to govern internet sales. Okay, then what are you actually doing then? Yeah, like, and here's the other thing: how many light novel series do we know? How many animes have actually? How many domecanos do we need to see for it to be like? Guys, isn't this technically under Bill 156? But obviously, no one's going to do anything about it, but they can. So, what are we doing here? Well, it's not a big deal. Not because of the fact that they actually aren't related. So, uh, not related by blood. So, it's technically not an illegal marriage. Right. But then you also have things which is like first degree cousins, second degree cousins, uncles and aunts and stuff like that. It's like, again, it's a lot of people just treading the line and seeing if they can get away with it. And for the most part, people do, which then makes you think. What's, What's the, the point? Yeah, exactly. And they caused a huge stir and problem. Yeah, it, it back just, then it, it caused a lot of fuss, all for nothing. All these official companies, corporations were like, "Y'all, what are you doing?" Like, y'all didn't need a bill to say that child pornography is bad. Yeah, like, you already should know. Yeah, this should not exist. And it's like, oh, you guys need to figure. Like the government saying, you publishers need to figure stuff out, anyways. And and then I guess the publishers are like. We've been doing that for, like, ever now. So you telling us is kind of dumb, but now it's kind of like, oh, if you don't listen, we will fuck you up. It's like, well, yeah, that was going to happen anyways. I like the placement of, well, Bill 156 in the surface because whilst it is something that generally the context of it, people should know and already know about it, the implementation of this bill is just a real fucking head-scratcher. Like, what were they thinking in trying to put this law in place without actually knowing how to apply the law. And can I just say one last thing about this is that when people, foreigners, look to Japan and they look at the more weirder 
oh, peculiar that, aspects. Oh, that's for sure. Like anytime it's the like tentacle any, stuff, for example, anytime or whatnot. somebody like tries, to, I mean, generally, when people describe Japan, it's like, oh, they got a really weird culture about tentacles. They got a really weird culture about swimsuits and women and stuff like that. It's like, but like that's the general stereotype that people have. And with this kind of bill, it kind of perpetuates it even more because it makes a farce out of the situation. Well, not just that, but it's like, why, if these things exist, does Bill 156 exist as well? It's, well, I mean, at, at the bottom level, we know what its purpose is. It's just everything and I'm else. for it, yeah. It's just everything else on top is just like, it's nonsensical. Hey, this building is nice. The lobby is good, but I'm not going to take the lift to any other floor because that's fucked up, bro. I, I can't reach the elevator, but I'm too short. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That summarizes uh, the tip and the surface of this anime controversy iceberg. We're going to go on to a break, and then we're going to go into the darker and deeper abyss of this anime iceberg. We'll catch you after the break. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the second half of the Good Anime Palette Podcast, episode number 78, where we are going deeper and deeper into the Arctic, into the abyss, into the darkness. Joining me on this nightly adventure is Will. I am your other guy, Jason. This is not so much an adventure, but more like a crazy... like lost journey down this insanely decrepit rabbit hole that's uh yeah um the first half was definitely a bit more on the rosy side even though we were still covering some pretty controversial topics this time around no holds barred we have to once again let everyone know that we are announcing a trigger warning this is going to be some really uncomfortable shit and so again if you've made it this far and you want to continue you know power to you if you don't completely fine we have many other episodes you can check out a lot more fluffy and content um but yeah no this is um this is it these are the things that you know many people may or may not know of or if people do then they realize how incredibly dark and depressing uh some shit has happened within the world of anime and manga yeah i also want to emphasize something that will and i discussed off air which is kind of like the motivation of these types of topics within this episode and i think there is comes to a certain extent where i guess there's like a little bit of morbid curiosity and just kind of a knowledge of the things that we adore being anime and manga can have very obviously we know the odd the weird and the the like the outside perspective looking in but just like everything when you dig deep enough there are all these important but also very twisted, dark, grim things that I think knowing about it is still good to have. But it is like, I mean, I told also Will, like... There, there's there's definitely some stuff that I'm I I'm very wish, uncomfortable, to I be wish honest. I didn't read, but for the purpose of this episode, I just had to know. Uh, like you said, it was the curiosity that ended up killing me. So we start off by uh, announcing that we're now entering... The darkness of this anime iceberg. We're not entering really murky waters where things are going to be pretty bad. Starting off with a, a lesser known historical manga series called Barefoot Gen. Uh, it was written by Keiji Nakazawa, uh, which is based at least 
basically on his own experiences as a Hiroshima bombing survivor. So that's already a good start in terms of uh, how fucked up this thing can get. So we've covered many series uh, of anime and manga that talk about the atrocities of war, Mm -hmm. right? Specifically from a Japanese perspective, too. Um, So it's not like any stranger. I mean, for example, like Up on Poppy Hill, I think is... No, 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 The Wind Rises. The Wind Rises, that's the one. Um, And then, of course, you know, Grave of the Fireflies, right? Um, I mean... None of those are, like, happy shows or movies to watch. Let's get that uh, uh, out of the way first. Yeah, like, I don't think anyone would go, like, Schindler's List was, was like, a great movie in the sense of I really enjoyed my time. I would say it's a really good movie. It's a great, important movie. But, you know, it's not, wow, that's great. You know, I come out of the theater looking like, you know, a thousand bucks or something. You ever watch um, Flags of Our Fathers or... Um, Letters what, of with Me? Clint Eastwood? Yeah. Fl- yeah. Uh, yeah. So, like, watching the American side, Flags of Our Fathers, okay. A lot of, like, fallen men, trashy and pa- all that. Yeah, patriotic with the symbol, right? Letters, yeah. Letters from Iwo Jima was, oh. Oh, let's, yeah. God, it was... And and this is kind of where we're getting into in terms of the 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 controversy that lies within Barefoot Gen. No, to be fair though, with these kinds of retellings and and like the the weight and burden and how dread like like down in um, depressive the topic is, I think it's still massively important because it's kind of like you don't want history to repeat itself. Yeah, whether it is fictional or not whether it is real or not, it's like it's still important to learn from our mistakes or learn from past events to do well for the future, yeah. right? So that was actually a situation that didn't happen with Barefoot Gen. So, oh, what happened instead? So Barefoot Gen essentially kind of follows you know, a similar theme of, well, because this is kind of based off of uh, the, the, the Mugaka's uh, own story of surviving um, a, a Hiroshima bombing. Uh, so while it talks about the atrocities of war. Barefoot Gen kind of follows the theme of rejecting military propaganda, and that um, you know the involvement of the Japanese in the war was due to the greed of the ruling class. Essentially, wasn't so much subscribing to the fact that you know everyone was fighting for honor and that we needed to you know defend our land, defend our country, and all that. <clears throat> there was obviously some dissidents or some people that did not see eye to eye. Um, with you know the involvement of the Japanese in this uh, in the Second World War, and that was pretty much the disposition that uh, Keiji Nakasawa had uh, within this w- w- with the writing of this manga series. So this is obviously going to rub a few people the wrong way because yes, there are a lot of war movies that come out from Japan, and Japan of course does talk about their involvement. In the in the war, however, there are certain events, controversial events, a certain amount of visits done by political figures at certain places. Yeah, which um, and also because you know there there there's obviously going to be some retellings of that history. Uh, there are obviously a few details that the Japanese government, the Japanese people, don't necessarily wish to you know have retold. It's kind of like if you go to Germany, you're not going to see Nazi memorabilia hang yeah. out everywhere, right? And, and like, let me be clear about this as well. It's like, yeah, we're focusing on the Japanese history and their, um, uh, what do you call it? Like, the, what they did, right? Yeah. But that doesn't mean that they're the only one that is in who are culprits, yeah, or or are 
doing things that are that you might okay i don't think anyone is will disagree in general of the disapproval of the situation that what's about to also you're going to tell us yeah. but i'm just saying everyone every country does that as well so it's not just we're pointing the finger this time. It's just the spotlight is on Japan this time. That's all. Well, Sorry. Specifically a manga. Yes, Japan. yes, yes. Yeah. So back in 2020, uh, uh, 2012, uh, the manga had slowly but surely become restricted in many schools across the Japanese city of Matsue after the claims that uh, were made that the manga, quote unquote, describes atrocities by Japanese troops that did not take place. Essentially, the denial of certain events or quote-unquote war crimes that had taken place during that period of time so uh this uh claim was then reviewed uh after the majority of school principals in that city uh approved the uh to get um get essentially like get this 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 book like completely restricted however it was then overturned and then the curb was lifted and the school uh, all the schools in the matsui district now have access again to barefoot again however it did not of course like go unnoticed a mm-hmm. lot of people particularly nakasawa's widow masayo uh expressed shock that you know children's access to the work was being curbed explaining that quote unquote war is brutal it expresses that in pictures and i want people to keep reading it i think that quote is extremely simple but poignant right and it's almost like nothing else needs to be said to illustrate a lot of depth and complexity behind the issue, right? But the other thing I also want to mention is 44 of the 49 schools says that the restrictions should be removed. That is an overwhelming majority, which is, I think, like, you would think, like, oh, 51% is technically needed, maybe, I don't know. But 44 out of 49 is an overwhelming majority, in my opinion. Yeah, so over time, I think people start realizing, you know what, like, it, it is actually kind of ironic that you know we want to restrict people from learning about the war yet we're still telling our version of the war so it it it, it begs the question kind of similar not, not similar in the sense of like you know bill 156 and like deciding what's okay and what's not okay for children to read this in a sense is also a hey look um why is it that this particular story about the war is okay, but this particular story about the war is not okay? Is it because that this person said something that you deceived, you you decided was not true that you wanted to to completely cover over? Are you like in denial of things? And it's a very sensitive topic too, because again, there there there's there are many instances of other countries, other districts that have done the same thing. Some that are still pretty much like done to this day right we're not going to name things and we'll probably continue till the rest of time so it's not it's like it it's just the way it is uh it's also not necessarily the way it should be which is why it's like it, it's always hard whenever you want to talk about fiction or like retelling of stories that are based on history yeah so we you didn't read obviously barefoot again did no. you uh, I, I didn't either. I don't think it has an English translation. Uh, yeah, I won't be surprised that it doesn't have one. But it's kind of like I'm just wondering how historically accurate. Oh, no, it does. Actually, oh. 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 Uh, Edu Comics or the New Society publishers are the English produ- uh, publishers for it. Oh, okay. Yep. That's going to be interesting. So, but as of right now, both of us have not read it. Uh, it would be 
I, again, it's like that morbid curiosity, right? When you dig deeper, it's like, I kind of want to know what the manga showed so that I can form my own opinion, right? Because, sure, you could say when there's a certain book or, you know, we always have that thing of this movie was based on true events. And whenever we hear that, we get bored of or groan and think that's cringe because, yeah, sure, it could be based on events. But it's like how much of it is embellished, how much of it the truth was twisted. And unfortunately, we do not know to what extent. But I find it hard to believe that it wouldn't be genuine in at least the tone and message that it's trying to do. Yeah. So uh, the the other interesting thing about um, the the English translation is that uh, so the latest and the new uh, English translations, even though they came out like, back in two thousand four through two thousand ten, uh, it was released by Last Gasp uh, with an introduction by Art Spiegelman, uh, who himself is a comic book artist slash like no, uh, graphic novel uh, writer, uh, and he compared. The, uh, barefoot get to his own work mouse which is about the experiences of his own father's time during the holocaust oh in Europe. that's the maux one right maus yeah, yeah yeah uh i i've read it before that one is a very interesting read for sure yeah so i i think with this it's it's not so much that we are trying to you know tell people hey like don't fuck with history like tell it as it is like if you deny certain parts like that that's not for us to decide right like we 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 neither of us me or jason more i think a lot of the listeners here were even alive during that time right and very few of them are still alive now so we really have no place in telling people whether they should or should not believe certain aspects or deny certain aspects of history what we are saying is if there is even the possibility of you learning more about the experiences of war and the atrocities that come with it, and as a reminder to not repeat those in the future, which unfortunately at this moment it's kind of hard to tell whether we've learned anything from the past. Like us as a as a species, yeah, as a species, yeah, as a civilization, yeah, absolutely, yeah. I mean, even AOT learned it, right? Jesus Christ. I okay, mean, okay, even even they decided, yeah. you know what? Like we're done. Twenty twenty three, we're done. Yeah, exactly. But I, you were right in that the banning and restricting of this literature is kind of a scary proposition or a set a sets a scary precedent right because for example as you said grave of the fireflies is one is the only show on my anime list that i have definitely watched it is actually a 10 out of 10 i will not put it on there on my on my like entries because i never want to have a conversation with really anybody in earnest about the film yeah it but it'll always stick with you in terms of like what you experience from watching and it. I have a younger sister and the trials and tribulations that the two siblings go through is so heartbreaking yeah it's all animated in 2d it's like not like it's not like you know live action actors but yet it still holds that significance that emotional impact and that really grueling consequence of war that is just like it was tough to to watch but i'm glad i did i don't regret it at all but it's like it was tough bro and what does that mean with bill 156 that's why it's one of those things that's like is it okay to put it vaguely as to what is considered okay and not is it okay for 
those people to say if anything is okay or not, and where's the line? Yeah, you might be thinking like, what does you know this situation have anything to do with Billboard 56? We're not saying that both cases are comparable. What we're saying is, it's it's really great to be the one, the arbiter of what's right, what's wrong. Yeah, and you might say, oh, you, I am the right person, like me, and I'll be like, well, okay, that's but that's only from your point of view. Yeah, prove it. But it's like you're the only person that can prove it, or the people who are on your side that can prove it. Like it's it's, it's always make... it's always going to be hard to try and like be completely bipartisan. Yeah, and sometimes you make mistakes because everyone does, and then your credibility or reputation. It's it's such a complex subject. Even though at the end of the day, it's about whether or not someone should have access to a certain book about a certain event. We are now going into our first conspiracy rather than a controversy. This one, when I first read it, was fucking insane. We're talking about the curse of magical princess Minky Momo. So Minky Momo is a magical girl anime franchise that was created by Takeshi Shudo uh, that ran between 1982 and 1983. There were subsequent reruns and like revitalizations afterwards. But in terms of like the magical girl anime sort of scene... Uh, Magical Princess Minky Mogo was one of the earlier ones. I mean, it just came out way before um, any Magical Girl animes, like especially like Sailor Moon and all that, right? Um, so there, there was a bit of um, a, a a controversial episode, but that's not what is like the the main discussion here. Uh, in episode forty six of the original series, it became uh, super infamous because of its depiction of the main character Minky Momo dying after being hit by a truck carrying toys. In an issue uh, uh, by the Japanese anime magazine Out, the series writer uh, Takeshi explained that this was due to the toy sponsor Poppy pulling their funding due to poor merchandise sales despite strong ratings of the anime franchise. Furious with this uh, decision, Ashi Productions revolted and killed the character off at the end of the episode. Yes, while the character's death was only temporary because this is a Magical Princess series, they can magically revive characters if they so choose to. Uh, This scene was uh, seen as a uh, trailblazer that allowed later Magical Girl productions to deal with darker themes. On that note, the episode was then later coined and inspired a Japanese urban legend linking the series to natural disasters because... The day after the airing of that episode, episode 46, four earthquakes had hit Japan, all occurring in areas where the episode aired. At the airing of the final episode, five earthquakes hit Japan again. And in 1995, January, the finale aired after a series of reruns, and this one was the big one. The Kobe earthquake, or the Great Hanshin Disaster, where... I don't think I need to remind people, but that one was one of the worst earthquakes that Japan had encountered in the last 30 years, not including the Tohoku earthquake. Um, Yeah, I think like in terms of conspiracy, this one is a bit too real. The fact that like each of these earthquakes, these disasters happened either the day of or the day after an episode of that series aired. Right. And people kept thinking like this is minky momo taking her taking revenge because we ran her over this oh man like when i first read this too it's like this is this, this can't be real this is obviously just like happened a coincidence but the fact that it happened three times over the span of like 10 years oh. like listen there is a chance i don't know how high i don't know how slim that 
it is a series of confluent events that just so happen to coincide together. Co- uh, you know, uh, causation I mean, does I mean, not mean correlation is a very common statistical kind of thing to to mention. However, yeah, Japan as an island nation is sitting on a lot of volcanic activity and tectonic plates that are yeah, constantly moving. I mean, technically, uh, as of recording a couple of months back, there was uh, a natural disaster that occurred in Japan. So it is not out of the ordinary for such um, an event to occur. Again, I don't wish that upon any country or anyone, but it's undeniable, geographically speaking, that they are more prone to these types of natural disasters there. However, though, like, it's a little bit creepy. It is so eerie and disturbing that it is, like, we... Don't fuck with anime is what I'm saying. I, I don't want to have that curiosity of watching Minky Momo because I don't want this to curse me either. I don't want this urban legend to become reality. Okay, so the urban legend is what? Once you watch it or you offend it, natural disasters occur? That's I think it's basically like due to that one episode, episode 46, that it spawned the curse of um, you know Minky Momo and that you, if you do this again... If you keep rewriting these episodes, and you keep killing her, yeah, uh, we're we're gonna unleash like natural disaster in Japan, which um, it's probably not true. I mean, it's definitely uh, it's not definitely true. not true. But it's also like it, it's a bit too coincidental, you know? Yeah, it's like disturbing in the least that at least there will be a side of you that even though you know, like rationally speaking, it's it's very unlikely for it to be hold any validity. It will cause, like, a little bit of doubt in you, right? Like, it's just a, like, what-if thing. It's not very strong, but it's just, like, it is, like, really weird, right? Like, how is that possible? Like, three times? Three times? Okay, you might not be, like, oh, it it was day after, so it's not day of, so it it didn't coincide exactly. But still, it's, like, I don't know, man. Like, it's kind of crazy, bro. To anybody that watched Princess Mimi Moko, Minky Moko. I mean, could you even or, see it now? I don't know where where you'd be running it. Or look, and like the off chance that somebody had watched episode forty six on that day and happened to don't, be don't, don't do this. I, I can't handle this. I can't like, handle that. That would be an insane story, and I hope that whoever like, experienced that is is alive and well. So yeah, like that. That's all I want to say about it because it, it, it's just a bit too creepy. It's a bit, like, too real for me to be, like, this is just a simple urban legend. The fact that it happens so frequently, considering, like, major natural disasters, they don't happen that often in Japan. But you do get the occasional... Have you ever been in an earthquake before in Japan? No, not in Japan. I uh, where, where, where do you have your earthquake? I Actually, I, I should not say anything, because it's really not an earthquake. It was, like, a mag-2. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, same with me. It was, it was like a it was it was like a mag three four. I was at the um, Narita airport when it happened, but it was crazy because I went to the bathroom and all of a sudden, like the stall started shaking, and I was just like mid pee as well. It's like, oh fuck, what the fuck's going on? So I just got out of there as quickly as I could. I went back to my table where like, my parents were having lunch with my sister, and they were all like hugging the table, like what the fuck's going on? But then we looked around, and there was like elderly woman. There's like staff walking around, like nothing's going around. It's like why are y'all not freaking out? And it turns out because these kinds of mini quakes are kind of commonplace in Japan. For me, I I thought like 
I didn't think much of it when it happened because I think I was probably watching something or sleeping. Like I was doing some sort of activity where I was just like, is my phone rumbling? No. Yeah. Because, okay, it's a mag too, so it's like not a big deal in the grand scheme of a lot of natural disasters, right? But it was just like very like odd that I was like, and because I was sleeping alone and I was just like, uh, and I didn't want to bother my roommates at that time. I was just like, um, it's kind of weird, but maybe it's just me. I don't know. Maybe I'm yeah. getting the shivers. And then next morning, turn on the news. It was like, oh, yeah, there was like a mini quake. I was like, oh, shit. I lived through that. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anybody listen to this uh, and you happen to have the VHS or the VCDs or, or the Betamax of, of Minky Momo or um, you're from Asa- uh, or, Ashley or, Ashley Productions or you Ashley Productions. or you want to relive like, you know, the greatness that was this, you know, real trailblazing magical girl anime franchise. Don't. Well, watch it. But then when you get to episode 45, you stop and then you don't watch anymore. Yeah, please. Just for the sake of all of us. Just don't tempt fate here. Now we're going into back into controversy tor- territory. We're Woo! going to be talking about a web novel series called New Life Plus. Now, you all know how much Jason and I do not read web novels, but when it gets adapted into a light novel, a manga, and also had an anime adaptation announced, you know for sure we would have been covering it for ASAP. Except that uh, this particular web novel, uh, which is created by Mine, all uh, uppercase, uh, between 2014 and 2018, um, did not actually make it to the anime adaptation process. So following the announcement of the adaptation, the series and its author became the subject of a major controversy as a number of commenters on Twitter claimed that the series depicts the protagonist as taking part as having taken part in the Second uh, Sino-Japanese War, where he killed 3,000 people with a katana, later going on to kill another 2,000 after the war. Additionally, commentators discovered several tweets by the author between 2013 and 2015 containing insults uh, and uh, insulting statements about China, as well as tweets from 12, uh, 2012 to 2014 that allegedly contained similar messages about South Korea. In 2018, the author apologized via Twitter and also deleted all of his past tweets and announced plans to leave Twitter once his apology spread. In regards to the content of his novels, minds that he would no longer serialize the web novel on Shosetsu Kaninaro uh, and would begin discussions with his publisher about correcting inappropriate material in the print versions. Subsequently, voice actors for the anime adaptation announced their resignations and the, print, the production committee announced that the anime would be cancelled. I don't think I need to explain why this shit never got to air. Now, let me explain to Will and you, dear listeners, why I think this is crazy. Because y'all didn't didn't check. Y'all didn't. It went from a web novel series to becoming a light novel and then becoming a manga. And it was so popular to the point where it even got an anime adaptation announced. Y'all didn't check the plot synopsis? Like, Hello? Okay, the tweet stuff and being retroactively canceled, like, I get that, right? I mean, commonplace or not, uh, whether it is a good thing he got canceled or not, uh, suppression of speech or whatever, I won't get into that, right? You know, like, whenever you look up for a um, an anime, manga, or even a light novel series on Wikipedia, they mm-hmm. usually have a little synopsis of what the well, story is yeah. about. They don't have that for this particular entry. I wonder why. Right. It just, it just says, title... A little bit of background information and the cancel, yeah. But it's but you you understand like the bewilderment that I'm experiencing right now of like 
it got to all the way to the tippy top of the adaptation process in terms of from uh, Naru database, sign a user generated to official, to another medium, to then anime production. Do you know which was the studio that was slated to do it? Hold on a second. You you're, you 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 did that look, so that means Sunrise. No. No. Okay. Okay. Hold on. I need I need a clue. Fly me to the moon and blue period. Okay. Seven arcs was going to do it. Literally, 2018 was when it was canceled. A year later, they released Fly Me to the Moon. And then a year after that, Blue Period. Like, how do you go from, oh, we're about to work on this insanely controversial shit, and then a year later, we got Tony Kawa? Look, look, I, I don't know. I want to know, too, to be honest, now that, I, now that you, you brought this to the table. Can we just go back to the egg before we talk about the chicken? Yeah, let's not make no omelets yet, right? Yeah, like, how in the... Okay, like, I'm just like, how in the fuck did you get to anime adaptation process talks, voice actors casted, and none of you guys thought about checking the plot synopsis? Like, even if the tweets didn't exist, right? Obviously, they did, and the author apologized. And tried his best to rectify the situation, which is commendable for sure. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, what? Like, how? So there actually was uh, an English adaptation for the light novel for volumes one, two, and three. But after the third one, mysteriously, there has not been any more... um, Iterations? Yeah. Yeah. Which, which I mean, I mean, figure out what what we're putting down. It's obvious there, but yeah. Surprisingly, though, the manga actually ran for an extra three years afterwards. Basically, what I think they did was they went through all the print for it, redid the story, and then once the story was done, they were like, "Okay, we're finished with it." So, like, it basically, like, you, there were no more new new releases uh, as of like twenty twenty one. But those were all in Japanese. There was right. never an English translation. I mean, it's, it's I think it's kind of like uh, there is a Cantonese or Chinese saying is like locked toys. Like, okay. I'll uh, I'll let you fall with grace. I'll let you you know run off into the sunset. You do a li- to wrap it up, right? I get that. Um, to me, the most weird thing about all this is no one did their homework on the the property. It was insane that like all of a sudden you got this like really hot new anime about to come out. Yeah. And then before they even announce everything, because they already had like the voice cast, yeah, like, pretty much slated, like, like mine, right? Like, I, I will not really comment on the tweets that he made because I don't know what they were about. But it's not very good to propagate hate to other people or other countries or other cultures. So, at least I'm glad that he tried to rectify the situation and publicly apologize. That's good. He's not on social media anymore, at least on Twitter. That's good because he feels like he. May not have a good handle on things. Okay. Can you, can you imagine if this anime actually made it to air? Yeah, but think about it from mine's perspective, right? As it, it got all this build up to the anime, right? So you think that you are not crazy because... You think you got something on your hands yeah, and people because, are okay with it, because right? Because it got to so many different layers of verification and everything was set in stone. And it's kind of like, it's obvious what the... The, the source material is about so he's not necessarily hiding it or ashamed by it the, the, the thing that stopped this from going on air 
was were Twitter. the tweeters. Was yeah. Twi- was, yeah. was, were the tweets. Yeah. It got canceled. But it's just like crazy that it got to that point. I mean, granted, Battle Royale is also a very infamous film based on like uh, based on a novel has manga that is banned in a lot of places well let's also not forget that there was like you know some controversy uh in regards to for example like solo leveling but then they managed to rectify that and now it's doing amazingly well and really hype and also props to them for using the the korean names they they did their homework like unlike the people that were about to green light new life plus like the that whole situation like the more you say it like that, the more I'm like, wow, yeah. Like, how did nobody, like, proofread this? How did nobody, like, just look, you know what? No, this is okay. Yeah, I I, I think it's completely fine to depict the murders of countless Chinese and Korean people and also make, like, disparaging comments about them, too. To me, I'm not saying – to me, the most bewildering thing is I think mine got brain f- – like, brain far like, brain fucked because – He's not hiding the synopsis of his 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 uh, IP. Okay, again, I'm excluding the tweets just for this very particular narrative, which is everyone could have access to it. It was public information, obviously. He had to sell the idea and his agent or whatever had to sell that idea to get all of these publications. And no one said anything. None of the fans said anything. Nothing. But the moment... There was an anime adaptation because don't fuck with anime, I guess, because it causes natural disasters and cancellation. Shit just got unraveled. Yeah, I just wonder, like, what the process was of, you know, publishers reading the web novel and be like, yeah, this checks out. Yeah, like, how? <laughs> yet, yet, like, uh, uh, an evil council of isekai heroes being villains is, like, no-go from, like, issue two. Chapter this, this, two. Is, this is not some Dark Order shit. This is an actual manga publishing company, a light novel publishing company being like, we would love to turn this into an anime. Yeah, and, and, and to play devil's advocate here, or like, like a caveat thing, obviously war and that shit is bad, right? But you give that plot synopsis to literally a biz- just a business-minded person. Right, who technically is only about the money here, right? Like if we say the man, they would look at that and be like, "Yeah, I'm not going to invest money in that. That's too risky." Yeah, the difference between this and the new uh, the Barefoot Gen uh, controversy is that whilst Barefoot Gen was momentarily banned because people were a bit sensitive about certain depictions of the war, this one is kind of just making a caricature of and like really just making fun of the atrocities that occurred like, yeah this is like the plot analysis here is more fantastic is very fantastical in nature but then barefoot again is like trying to do right by the events and try to teach a like a moral historical lesson of how to be good human beings by seeing at least on the pages like the depiction of of certain events and it's just like yeah we're not cool with that and then we're cool with that later and then here it's like, we're cool with it all the way up to, like, right before the finish line. But then people are not okay with it, so I guess we're not okay with it now, too. Yeah. It's like, it's like what the fuck is going on? It's, like, so obvious, but maybe it's not. I have no idea. Yeah. Well, guess what? That that was not the, the most fucked up thing we'll be talking about today because we are going Top deeper. Top or deep. The yeah. last, the bottom three, let's, yeah. let's say. We're yeah. going deeper than the darkness and entering the abyss. This is where you literally do not know what exists down here. Now We again, didn't know. Another final 
trigger warning because this section contains murder, bodily mutilation, sexual obscenities, and the most shockings of horrors. We have warned you. There you go. We're starting off with Mishitsu. Now, this is obviously a series that not many people would have heard of because this is a hentai manga anthology written by Yuji Suwa under the pen name Beauty Hair, which is actually, in retrospect now, a pretty terrifying pen name. So in 2004, the anthology became the subject of the first manga-related obscenity trial in Japan, in which Suwa and his publishers Koichi Takada and Motonori Kishi were found guilty of violating Article 175 of the Japanese Criminal Code, which restricts the sale and distribution of pornography. In 2007, the ruling was upheld by the Supreme Court of Japan. So look, let's be let's be frank here: porn, pornography, hentai, or just like sexual obscenities. In Japan, they tend to be a bit more sort of like fluid with it. Like, they're, it, it, it would yeah. be, it'd be really hard for you walking down Akihabara into like a manga or like a figurine store and not seeing just full on hentai at like the top of like whatever bookshelf you are. Like, I, I to was, be, to there be was fair, one time, but you're was, not tall enough, right? No, I was tall enough to see because they put it on the fucking ceiling. I remember this. This was a store in Akihabara when I was like 12, 13, and there was just a, a girl being something by a something by a lot of tentacles i mean yeah now like that's I mean, I mean that's culture right there bro yeah so that that's what i'm talking about where like there are just things that are kind of okay in japan no, no but not just that but also just in i guess even in hong kong growing up right yeah the, like you would go to like you know a convenience store and stuff and there would be like smut magazines or like the equivalent of you know asian playboy or whatnot right yeah but it is it is covered with a with a very uh, distinct banner. Oh yeah, there was no censorship in a, from right. what I saw. But it's like no one really, at least to my knowledge, like gravitates towards picking it. I mean, I mean, like for example, with kids, you know, with curiosity, and you're like, oh wow, it's a porno but, but mag, you're, but right? But you're kind of clear. You know what? Yeah, what you know what's in, up, yeah. right? And you know whether or not you should be allowed to read it or yeah, watch it. or like a DVD store. Uh, I mean, you know, remember HMV? Yes, yes, or, I do. Or, or like other stores that sell. I mean, HMV didn't sell like, like porn, right? But other stores that sell it, actually, I don't know. Are... I don't know. They actually did because I remember maybe maybe not that. Uh, what was that other bookstore that we had in Japan? It was on the top, uh, it was on the top floor of um, Times Square. Uh, page one. Page one. That's it. They actually had a section where like it was like nudie mags, and then but then they would have like it, it would be like the cover of like the title and then underneath it will be just like one sheet of white paper that this publication is meant for adults only ages 18 and up if you are under you will not be able to purchase it will have that yeah. covering it but but sometimes even just like a small banner on the bottom third right yeah. but but it's one of those things that like there's no distinct section there is no like everyone knows that's the section or if you go up in that manga store that's the hentai tentacle yeah, porn I, section. I guess this is where like bill 156 would make sense right right but what happened here? So uh, the reason why it became the subject of controversy was back in 2002, a father of uh, in, in Tokyo's uh, 17th district found a copy of uh, Himedorobo Best Collection in his uh, teenage son's room. Uh, and after finding out what was in it, he sent an angry letter to his representative in the national diet, Katsue Hirasawa, singling out mutual love by beauty hair as the most offensive thing he'd ever seen. The manga tells the story of a sex worker who seemingly suffers uh, through the sadistic sexual desires of a client, including 
whip, uh, repeated whippings of her face and body with a belt and several instances of vaginal stomping. Despite okay. this extreme physical abuse, she confesses her pleasure in the acts of the final story in crawling about. Another manga cited as objectionable, objectionable by the prosecutor, a naive girl seeks out, sneaks out for a date that results in her being kidnapped, tortured with cigarette burns, and a brutal beating. And, and I'm not saying that. Yeah, word. okay. So here is something that I think is rather... Uh, if I just say six digits, I think it's one seven seven zero one three. I know what you're talking about, yeah. And I think a lot of people who know that number knows exactly what I'm talking about. So it's kind of like I get it, as in why you know this father feels that way, but it's also not necessarily out of the ordinary in certain domains. If you have to go into some really dark domains, but it's 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 there. Right, but okay, he sends a uh, uh, angry letter to a national diet, being the legislative council. Right? How old is the kid? Do we know? Uh, just a teenage boy. Uh, doesn't say like how old they were. I mean, of course, you know, yeah. how that kid got the manga in the first place. I uh, mean, that's the question. And also, it's kind of like when you're a teenager and you're exposed to that. It's arguable the impact it can have on you versus a a grown adult knowing the difference between you know some of the stuff in there is not okay or yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, I think the thing that made this case even more controversial was the fact that the prosecution based their assessment of this uh, on like the, the genitalia and the scenes of sexual intercourse being drawn in detail and realism whereas other works in that manga anthology uh, were not sufficiently plain or detailed and were lacking in reality. Basically it was just saying that like Yo, this stuff looked a little too real Brutal. to a real penis and vagina, whereas these we know these are cartoon dicks. Yeah. You know? Now, now let me be clear here, right? Like, Will, you and I are both adults, way over the age of eighteen. Yep. And if you're listening, at least judging by our analytics and demographic factors, most of you are above the age of almost all of you are above the age of eighteen, right? Unless you lied. Unless we don't like li- liars. But 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 hey, still, um, I was a teenager and I looked at porn. Okay. No shit, okay? Everyone does, or at least most people do, okay? Look, look, um, how should I say this without really going too in-depth into it? When there is Japanese porn, live-action porn, and they pixelate everything, you're not fooling anyone. Yeah, but that was also, like, another point of contention as well, where they basically, um, accused or, like, basically prosecuted Mm -hmm. Mishitsu of... Um, the self-censorship markings being like, not conservative at all compared to other works. Um, so yeah, it was, it's, like, it's double standard and being hypocritical. It's I don't know. It's kind of hard because like because Japan like whilst there are certain laws where like you really don't know like if it's you know here or there when it comes to the censorship and pornography that one they tend to take very seriously and and to make matters very more seriously. The stuff that occurs plot-wise is really out there and really, really aggressive and really excessive, right? So I'm not advocating for it, but it's just like when you say that, oh, because the penis or the vagina was drawn a little too realistically, I'm like, bro, if I open an anatomy book, does that need to get banned? Well, I mean, that actually has been happening in some schools well, where, yeah, yeah, which okay, which is another point of contention too. Where it's I like, mean, it's for educational purposes versus a manga. I get it, yeah, right? Like, but it's like, but it's like when it when it comes to like sex ed, 
right? That is a major point of contention, especially in places like America, where there's a lot of schools that just do not teach it or like refrain from having books that show that kind of anatomy. Yeah, and I'm not telling you how to raise your children, especially when I do not have any of my own that I know of. But I have been a child before, and I have had sexual education before. And I've had had sex before. And um, you just have to make that clear, right? Yeah. Listen, I'm not a virgin, okay? <laughs> but uh, to be also very clear, I did not do anything that was described in in in, in this section, okay? Yeah. What I thought was like mentioning uh, worth mentioning here as well is the fact that like after the trial, a lot of uh, retail bookstores and uh, manga chains in Japan actually not just like restricted their adult only section they straight up just removed them yeah it because it's like it was that chilling effect where like they just did not know if they were in the clear for having these kinds of content or or backlash i mean easily maybe a bunch of parents could be very enraged by all of this and then going to you know lawson's or other you know uh retailers and just being like why is this here blah 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 blah. and it's kind of like I get where they're coming from. Like if I was like a bookstore employee and a bunch of angry parents showed up and I knew of this event, right, that caused this commotion, I kind of would be very sympathetic. But I also will be like, I don't know what to do here. I guess I'll remove it or I'll talk to my manager. And a lot of people just don't want the trouble. So then they'll just remove it. I mean, even like, if it's making money in in the last like two years, I'm not sure how many like news headlines you've seen of mangakas getting in trouble when they draw their like a certain amount of female characters in like swimsuits. Yeah. Yeah. Like that was, if that's already enough to stir up controversy, this like back in 2004 and like, like actually setting a precedence for how studios, how companies go about making risque content. Like dude, like pornography laws in Japan, like you don't really want to fuck with. I them. mean, there was an Australian like pornography law where yeah, I know that one. If the women did not have big enough boobs, uh, you cannot show them because they because it depicts like like, like small stature petite pre- women pre adolescence. Yeah, right? and it's just like I get where you're coming from, but this is not the right way to do it. I guess. At least yeah. with the Australian thing, right? That one was just dumb. Yeah. This one, on the other hand, it's like it's it, it's really hard to figure out whether this is in the right or in the wrong. Yeah, because I would even argue the contents of what was being described, like through the words that we're talking about here, right, is not a good thing, not a happy thing, not a thing that people should strive for. Yeah, it's not so much like the 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 porn part that like is the main controversy. It's like. The right. stuff that happened around it, too. Yeah, it's not like some beach arc, and then the father got mad that his kid bought an art book of all of the swimsuit uh, character, uh, the female characters wearing swimsuits from the beach arc. This is not that. No, not definitely not. No. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm done with this one. Yeah, uh, because uh, yeah, the next few are next two, right? Oy. let's uh, let's go over to Belgium uh, to talk about the case of Mangamord. Uh, it is a. Um, I'll just be straight up. It was a manga murder case that happened in Belgium. Uh, so this was a solved uh, murder case that was once believed to involve a single serial killer, referred to as the manga killer. Now, the name of this case was coined because uh, the Belgian media basically had got wind that when the detectives were searching the scene, they actually found letters and notes uh, that were near the victim of this uh, of this murder crime, uh, this murder case. The notes carried a sentence in capital letters and in different colors, referring to the manga series 
Death Note. Watashi wa kira des, except that they misspelled des. So on the nose, but okay. So um, yeah, in case people don't remember, Death Note follows Light Yagami, who is the uh, anti-hero and protagonist of the story, where he becomes a godlike figure because he has the power to write down someone's name and have them killed. Uh, yeah. So um, this was a particularly fucked up case because it involved uh, a mutilated corpse. Uh, torsos, as well as two thighs that were found near Duden Park or Park Duden in Forest of Brussels uh, by two pedestrians who happened to notice the smell of rotting parts. I mean, that's got to be like, like you're just doing your jog and, oh my God, imagine, oh, I got oh, just Yeah, okay. So then they, they see it, they smell it, they found it, okay. Yeah. So what they uh, what what detectives like, initially like suspected was that this might have been some kind of practical joke by medicinal science students uh, from a nearby university. Uh, the academic year had uh, just started, and apparently students have relative ease of access to dead bodies. Okay. I I let, let me. I can actually. I, I want to hear your side. Yeah, because I can actually enlighten. Okay, but but tell the rest of the. No the, no, no no no. Oh, I this think, part. This is this is actually good for you to chime in because. I did not know that. Okay, look, I, I understand you can always go to like a mortician or an obituary or like you go to like like it, like you would be able to have access to bodies of sorts because there are people who like subscribe themselves to be organ donors and such, right? Or you know, if you work at a funeral home, the your chances of you being exposed to a, a, a dead body is and pretty a fuck high. Ton of embalming liquid as well. Yeah, right? absolutely, right? But um, are is your question going to be? Do these is, is students that... actually have access? Yeah. Um, the answer is yes and no. Uh, obviously, it depends by the institution, right? But generally speaking, when you have people will be like, why would you have dead bodies there? Well, if you're like a medical student or when you do anatomy 101 like I did at Purdue University, at some point you will interact with a cadaver and you have to see a dead body and obviously you pay your respects because these people donated their body for science because yeah, right? it's like whenever like you um like for example if you are uh, you're a driver in the u.s you can uh, like take the boxes and say like in the case of like an accident i am like obligated yep. to donate like my eyes my heart my liver whatever it is and but, there like, is it, a bit of a controversy there's like oh if you put yourself as an organ donor does that mean that you will potentially, if they could save you versus saving the organs, they would rather save the organs. I actually didn't think about that. Uh, oh yeah, that was a that, that is still to this day like a big, like kind of cons- con- conspiracy theory kind of thing. Um, Tinfoil hat moment. Yeah, I don't believe that that is true at all. Because uh, there has to be some level of integrity here, right? It's just because like somebody's donated like they're or, or willing to donate their heart for the purpose of research. It doesn't mean that if they're on the verge of death that like but could be resuscitated or saved that you wouldn't right yeah. like i i don't want to imagine a world where that like that possibility is likely however going back to this so you would have as medical students or even i didn't i'm not studying to be a doctor but i was with a lot of pre-med or nursing students you just have to be uh exposed to a cadaver at some point to learn about the human anatomy and physiology no problem so of course they need to have cadavers available yeah. Um, so that's, but if you can say that it's easily accessible, it, I think I, it's more of like you have to get through levels of security and clearance. Ah, uh, right? no, I don't think so. No, you don't. I don't think it is that hard. But I think it's also because the possibility of you abusing a dead body is so inconceivable to 
me or the general populace. In terms of like medical practice. Right? Yeah, it's kind of like we don't need to keep the door locked. I mean, we probably should keep the door locked, but we don't have to keep it locked, safe and key. You know, retina scan, fingerprint scan with the code or whatever behind a vault. Like we just lock the door. Don't be stupid. In your don't do stupid shit. So, I to say that it would be a practical joke is beyond fucked up to me. Yeah. Well, turns out that by the conclusion of the case, four suspects had been arrested and interrogated. It was found that the victim was a missing person living with several of the suspects at the time of their disappearance, according to the uh, Belgian newspaper Le Soir, uh, or the evening. Le Soir means night. Um, the news, uh, the spokesperson for the police said the suspects decided to leave two notes near the body since they were fans of the manga Death Note. Uh, yeah. Correlation does not equal causation, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, but it's also like you have to be like really sick and depraved to think that this is the time to be like, you know what? I liked Kira. I'm going to be the holder of the death note and just fuck with people right after murdering somebody. And let me also be clear that very this is, this is premeditated. Yeah, sure. and very likely people are going to point the finger at. Death Note causing this. And oh, yeah. No, this this news definitely got the attention of Japanese people and the media, for sure. And I'm just going to be... I'm just going to give you my quick uh, two cents on this. Uh, it is not an issue of the property in this case or, you know, in uh, having uh, easily accessible to certain weaponry. It's more of a mental health as well as just general intervention and well-being issue. It just so happens that it was Death Note this time. It could easily be, you know, another, you know, book. Not even a Japanese book. It could have been a million of other things as the inspiration for this. It just so happens to be Death Note. Yeah. It was, um, like, the, the, the gaze itself was fucked up. The fact that people chose to use this moment to pay reference to one of their favorite manga series which also happens to be the favorite manga series of a lot of people who know that there are some pretty... I um, love the manga series a lot. A lot of people love the anime series. Y'all tell me you couldn't make an apple salad and call that, you know, Death Note instead? That would have been okay. Yeah. That would have been, like, cool, right? You couldn't have a, a, a brand of tea, call it L. I'll be cool with that. Or uh, a Lolita, you know, line called, um, what's the girl's name? Oh, dude, I don't remember. <laughs> it starts with M, right? Mira? We're moving on from that. Okay. Point is, what the fuck? All of it. Uh, Misa. Misa. Yeah. Thank you. Misa Amane. Yeah. Uh, now comes the finale. Oh, no. like, uh... We have to talk about school days. <laughs> I remember. You thought ages ago that we that done. was the only time that we would talk about school days. I remember you said that, right? I did, and it's on record, but this time I have to break it and be like, you know what? We're not quite done with school days because we're going to be talking about the nice boat. In 2007, the day before the 12th and final episode of the televised anime was to air on TV Kanagawa, a horrific horrific crime had occurred in which a 16-year-old girl murdered her 45-year-old father in their Kyoto home with an axe. TV Kanagawa promptly canceled the TV, uh, the, the Tuesday airing of the finale for its similarly violent content, replacing it instead with a 30-minute video compilation of scenery footage from Europe, including Norway, played to August Wilhelm's Air on the G-String. 
Newspapers such as Japanese Times and Mainichi Shinbun reported on the killing an episode preempt on September 19th. So, uh, yeah. Uh, other TV channels had also canceled their airings, with only ATX remaining indecisive. Overflow, who had created the series, issued an apology through their blog the same day, asking viewers to stay tuned for updates. In the following week, they announced that it had arranged for two screenings of the edited finale at the Akihabara 3D Theater on, on September 27. However, those wishing to attend would be required to register a seat by email, be at least 18 years old with photo ID, and bring a Windows copy of School Days or Summer Days. That same day, ATX announced it had decided to air the unedited finale of September on September 27th and October 1st. Yeah. Now, the reason why I wanted to bring up this uh, nice boat is because in the wake of the broadcast change, a screen capture of the Norwegian uh, MS Skagasdo from the slideshow surfaced on 4chan alongside the caption, Nice Boat, a phrase which gained popularity in Japan. Google Trends recorded a spike in nice boat searches around the third quarter of 2007, while Yomuri Shimbun, a Japanese newspaper, reported that Nice Boat was the 10th most popular Yahoo Japan search from September 17th to September 23rd. Now, uh, we have to emphasize several things. First of all, Yahoo is really big in Japan. Way big. Yeah. They, like, they actually have brick and mortar stores yeah. in Japan. Like we all, like all, all of us, y'all outside the Japan are like, Yahoo is not worth shit. And you're right. But then in Japan, they are like crazy reigning champions. It, it, it's kind of crazy, to be honest. I, like, unsurprised, like it's very surprising to me. When when I first heard about it, I still have a Yahoo account. Really? I haven't op- I haven't opened it in like five ten years. I mean, I don't think I deactivated mine, but yeah, I, it, I I've never. Well, I haven't like because of the inactivity. Uh, I've stopped. Oh, like, then maybe it got deleted. Yeah, for yeah. me as well. I don't even remember the password to that email. So because I've I've been using Gmail ever since. But for me, it's probably some like really edgy password. But yeah. anyways, so if anybody was ever wondering what the hell nice boat is or was or what the what, what the situation of school days is, well, here you go. It was and still is an incredibly violent, misleading anime because it starts off to be pretty uh, chill until it's, uh, you know, and no until lo- it's not no longer fun in games. Uh, Yeah, I just. So, this is not School Days' fault. Just like how the, the the killing from the previous story is unrelated to Death Note. Let me just be clear. There was also another murder that actually happened in the uh, in regards to Psychopaths. How there was another murder that actually was a bit too similar to the plot line of what happened in Season 1. Right. And they also had to cancel uh, their uh, originally aired screening for that particular episode. So, again... Correlation, causation, there's nothing in between here. Yeah, and uh, uh, furthermore, right, you also have to understand that the studios or the production companies had to, and I think it's the right move, to not air the final episode, at least minus ATX, right? Um, The other thing is it kind of sucks for the studio themselves, regardless of how you feel about a quality of a show or... Uh, the 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 direction that a studio decides to go down, it kind of sucks to not have your thing be broadcasted, right? It's like your piece of work. I mean, it's very separate from, like the sentiment is separate from the incident, but 
but it still kind of sucks, right? I think the thing that is crazier and way more controversial. Oh yeah, I'm getting the, there, but yeah, yeah. The crime itself and like the meme that came out of it is the fact that a lot of other people, as well as media outlets, capitalized on this meme. So first, there was a meme that appeared as an Easter egg in the first episode of F. A Tale of Memories. We remember that. That came out. Yeah. Uh, while, I, I while wanted you to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. There was also um, a parody of it um, on February 13, 2009, when Katakawa Pictures' YouTube channel uploaded a short montage of sailboats instead of a previously scheduled premiere of The Melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya. The creator himself or herself, I don't actually know the gender of them, Overflow capitalized on the popularity of the phrase, naming their booth at Comic Cat 73 Nice Boats and selling Nice Boat-inspired merchandise, knowing that Nice Boat came from a murder that occurred on the same day as the as their finale was supposed to air. Yeah. Uh, so, Will, as someone who has not watched School Days in its entirety or at all, what is your opinion of this whole thing? Because there's different, obviously, different aspects, right? There's the creators, the production side, the TV broadcast. Then there is, like, the 4chan, the meme side. And then there's obviously front and center, the incident that caused uh, the show to be put off air. But also the show itself in terms of the content that they explore, right? I think it is incredibly, incredibly poor taste for not only the creator to meme the fuck out of it with a meme that was created on 4chan but then also to go to a very public and popular comic cat i mean comic cat is the biggest and name their booth after a meme which is symbolizing the unfortunate murder of a man by the hands of his own daughter well it's not directly related but it's it's basically tomato tomato at that point right you pretty much know what exactly right right? yeah exactly right so Oh, my God. I, I don't know. And then for ATX to capitalize on that kind of as well, right? To say, like, oh, we're not sure whether we want to air it or not. You know what? Fuck it. We'll air it anyway, despite everybody else not doing it because. Oh, and not yeah. just once, son. We're going to do it twice. Yeah. And then and then the Akihabara 3D theater that, kind of showing. The, the, the one was what, and what that, it's crazy is, like, you have to prove that you're of age, but you also have to prove you're a School Days fan by bringing a Windows copy of School Days or Summer Days. Well, I guess part, I guess the the logic there is they only have limited seats. They don't know how, they, they I guess they would think a lot of people would go, I guess. It's so. a good point. I guess if you are really a fan, then you would have had played the game in the first place. And brought a copy, so you really want to get in and watch the finale, I guess. Uh, but, like, I don't know. I'm just thinking outside the box here. I think in terms of like this being a controversial thing, it was just a lot of stuff was just done in really poor taste. Yeah. And look, the meme of the nice boat thing on its own it like without the context of a lot of things, right? Just sounds like oh, like an inside joke. It, oh, it got it got t- took off air. So uh, they were just showing, and one of the images was a picture of a boat. So people decided to capitalize and make a joke on it. Like that in of itself, without knowing anything else, sounds like, oh, yeah, it's pretty funny. That's all right. It's an inside joke, whatever. And then, oh, the mangaka uh, capitalized on it. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, sure. And then you hear about it, what school days, the finale, what occurred, which you know the words, right, of what happened, right? Do you know? Sorry? 
Do you know what happened in the finale of School Days? No. But I mean, like, I imagine that there was a, a murder with an axe or like it's a very brutal murder nope. of some sorts. No. Uh, I don't think it was an axe. Uh, it was a very brutal thing. Several. But, um, yeah. Uh, look, uh, it's all fucked up. School Days is fucked up. And um, all I can say is a uh, nice boat. And there we have it. We have now reached the abyss. Or at oh, least... no, no, wait, wait. It's yeah. correct. Because we have a nice boat to take us back home yes. after we navigated this iceberg. How does it feel? I don't know if I feel great after doing this episode. Look, I think like we definitely like found entertainment in terms of being able to talk about things uh, that pertain to less discussed topics within anime and manga. I just, I don't feel very clean after reading and talking about some of the stuff we've mentioned today. And, and I don't think you're supposed to feel clean, right? No. I think that's 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 kind of given the nature and the gruesomeness of some of these topics. But one thing I want to really kind of highlight and kind of say that is kind of a good thing in the grand scheme of all of this is a lot of things are actually very integrated and connected to anime and manga that on the surface just seems like drawings and seems like an enter a medium of entertainment nowadays that is very popular all over the world and has a lot of bells and whistles and headlines and the spotlight and is growing by the day in terms of the fan base. But to see kind of its reach into not only from the 1960s all the way till now, not only in Japan, but from Chinese streamers to Belgium, right? Is one of the things that really highlights the fact that, yeah, anime and manga is, I guess, more in the public zeitgeist nowadays, especially with Oshinoko, with AOT, with SIM, you know, with um, so many, with Fieren, with so many of these different instances really being, and, and anime and manga being a very now more commonplace thing, not only within Asia, because it's always been more accepted, but also within the West. But it's been there for a while already, doing funny stuff, dumb stuff, good stuff, and in this case, down the rabbit hole, a lot of fucked up stuff. Yeah. In the future, uh, when and if we decide to continue doing the anime iceberg, uh, we aren't only going to be covering the controversial and conspiracy yeah. theories. In, um, fact, in fact, I would probably argue that we shouldn't. I mean, not necessarily not come back to that topic, but let's like, see it from like different angles and see how it works, I think. Yeah, no, it'd be, it'd, it'd be definitely more refreshing to talk about things in a more positive light, or at least things that don't lead us talking about, you know, like sexual violence and yeah and, and murder you know <laughs> yeah and i think like just because it's called the darkness or the abyss as we would label like the more obscure uh layers does not mean that it should always cover yeah it should not be dark by nature yeah all the it, time. i think it's more oriented towards something that probably no one on average would know even if you love the media like if you're in the dark right right specifically. yeah hence why i think like for example like we talked about like if we do like a Naruto one, for example, and so to speak, as an example, and then find like weird stories here and there. Oh, we didn't even go for the Pokemon like yeah. rabbit hole. Like that, that Pokemon iceberg is insane. 
Yeah, uh, there's there's some really weird stuff in there too. Some really funny stuff. But um, yeah, we will experiment with this uh, particular topic and see uh, what other subjects, what other areas of focus we would want to talk about and not just cover the controversial shit. Because whilst there is a lot of controversy, it can get a bit tiring to talk about all the really negative and, and dark shit. Um, we don't feel great after talking about it, but we also felt that it was probably a little bit necessary to just showcase like how how dark things can get within the media and that you should just appreciate you know if there is a boring slice of life coming up hey that's probably a good that's thing probably to watch. not boring or if it's boring like it's boring because it's supposed to be and it's good then it's doing its job exactly that's what a slice of life is supposed to be so um guys we probably with all of these experimental episodes whether it is the iceberg or not or whatever we decide to do for like kind of this slot in our um gap season we would really like your feedback because it's one of those things i would say more so than any other segment that we do where we want to see what works for not only for us but for you guys who's listening so if you really don't like it if you really like it or anything in between or we like it but maybe do it this way or that way we will take all opinions into account we want to just hear from you guys especially more so with this experimental kind of block and if it becomes a mainstay or not in our rotation. And yeah, don't don't recommend any more controversial stuff because um, I've got a lot more. Um, if we ever want to roll that out, we will do that in the future. But uh, yeah, let's, let's keep it clean for the next one. All right. So that is the end of our episode. Thank you for listening to this episode of Good Anime Pal Podcast. Uh, if you could leave uh, a rating or review on your podcast platform of choice, then uh, we greatly appreciate it. Um, you can always contact us at uh, our Gmail account, gapalette at gmail.com, G-A-P-A-L-E-T-T-E, all lowercase, all one word. We're also on a lot of social media platforms. Uh, show All the links are in the show description. Uh, but we also have a website, www.goodanimepalette.com, all lowercase, all one word. And we also have a Discord server. Invite link is in the show description. Music credits for this episode. Our intro music is Flow To It by Typa. Our break music is Laser Drops by Hip Color, and our outro music is 2011 by Rocket Jr. You can support the music artists that we feature by listening to them on Spotify, Apple Music, or your listening, your music listening platform of choice. And Epidemic Sound has provided all of our royalty-free music. If you're interested in using their services, a link will be provided in the show description. Terms and conditions apply. Whew. So... I was a little bit worried about how this would go. I mean, honestly, I was too, but not in the sense of how we would, I don't know. It, it was more just talking about like the discussion of these specific subjects where we know in the beginning it was a little bit easier to sort of like poke fun at things. But like when things got a little serious, it's not like we can find entertainment out of it. It's more like we had to really dig deep and be more analytical, educational about it. And it it, it, it wasn't like we took joy out of, out of this. It, we, we definitely enjoyed doing this episode. I think it's just... When you're talking about fucked up shit, it's it's not easy to, to to portray that over the air, you know. To me, the MVP of the dumbest thing I've heard this episode is the New Life Plus, like producers, uh, studio execs, all those people. Really, like, how is that possible? Like, how? Part I- of me does also want to read those particular chapters and be like, actually amazed that someone got away with this. 
Unless they, they only have I mean, that's the why it's different. morbid curiosity, right? Because you just want to know. Like, same thing with Barefoot again. I, I think, like, I kind of want to check it out now. Because it's kind of like, I want to know. Because I heard about it through us researching this, right? Wouldn't it be interesting to know firsthand for sure how I, like... I personally feel about it, and probably if you guys want to check it out, you can check it out. And like how it differs from like uh, Wind Rises or with um, uh, Grave of the Fireflies. Yeah, right? and how it, it stacks up to the controversy that it, it caused, right? And I think that at the end of the day, that enriches your knowledge and your understanding of a medium that we both know and love, right? Yeah. So yeah, hopefully in the future when we do uh, continue working on the anime iceberg, uh, two, three, four, however many more we do, um, we'll try to be a little bit more rosy and a little more clean uh, with some of our picks. But uh, don't worry, uh, for those who do want to delve into the controversies and conspiracies, there's a possibility we'll be doing another one of those in the future. Yeah, I think it is less about what subject topic we cover as much as for example the format or yeah, exactly the structure or maybe like for example will and i thought instead of three per layer we do two or or how about we do like i don't know like multiple topics but only cover one thing per layer i mean these different permutations uh we are up for experimenting and debating but if it's just will and i we would only know the opinion of two people right so it would be very helpful for us to know kind of what you guys think exactly speak up or forever hold your peace until then we will catch you on the next episode thank you all and uh hope y'all sleep well after listening to all that fucked up shit Ooh.